Welcome to show 115 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. Yay, 115! Woo! There you go. Listen, last week has been, we've had the most positive feedback about last week's show of any show we've ever done. I've gotten like 10 messages being like, love the podcast, it was a great show last week, keep up the good work, blah, blah, blah. So we need to do the exact same thing this week as we did last week. Is that for real? Is that true? Something right. Is that true? Yeah. Yes, it See, is. See, I never get anything. The feedback. Yeah, there you go. So who do you get some off then? Tell us tell us about who you got feedback off. Well, I got some on the oh well I'll read that one from Twitter later on. Uh I Pete said that he liked the show and we had a discussion about uh robot sex dolls and um that's hang on, I got others here. Uh, Alan Tang sent me something. <laughs> oh, yeah, Alan Tang sent me this. It's a website, and it says, press in dire situations. If something goes wrong, you can just push this button. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And there were other ones, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, John Mouse said he liked the Deviant podcast and all the... Uh, Step J said, great podcast this week. Uh, Thumble asked what the play date is next week. And, <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so that's... Slide message there is he loves the podcast. Great. Yeah. Maybe it was that weird picture I put up with the forked tongue on. Oh, no, that was a very bad picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> disgusting. In case people were wondering, that's not Chinny's tongue. Although no. it does look a bit like Chinny's mouth, I thought, with a little bit of a beard and that going on. I, I would recognize Chinny's mouth <laughs> up close. Stu, maybe you're a little more familiar with his uh, mouth than I am. I tried to pick something that might be Chinny, but obviously isn't. <laughs> Do you want to say something about your mouth? Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm just going to bring the whole podcast down. We had a good podcast last week, so we have to kind of make sure that this one goes badly. Yeah, yeah. So, so you say, oh, this is the worst <laughs> podcast we've ever done. Because you said that last week. Maybe that was what did it. So, uh, here's the just... sound deliverance. I don't know. There's some sort of remix on. That's just weird. See, see, look, if I say something's going to be the worst podcast ever, it probably will be, and that was a good start. Yep, yep. <laughs> but yeah. So I just want to make sure I bring this podcast down by saying... Stop listening, people. Just give it up now. It's not going to get better from here. Do you know, this is the best you're going to get. Do you know what, though? I did think, you know, looking at that picture of the weird tongue, right, and the dude who I used, right? Maybe I should grow up more. I bet, I bet he could do a good whistle. You know what I mean? Oh. With that hole in the middle. You know, he just got it in the right place behind the teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I better introduce people first. So we have got uh, Chinny here. You've heard him moaning already. Yeah. Yep. 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 And we've also got Duke. She looks, she looks, she looks, 
que missile rame dans la machine Ma rage jamais en mer J'ai l'heure qu'ils ne pourront pas fliquer mon anarchie J'ai l'heure, je suis trop à craindre pour me formater Tu captes que je suis pas une rappeuse Mais une contestataire qui fait du rap Dis leur qu'elle du 13 M.A.R.S. pour les vilains des 13 Yeah, Good. Kenny Arcana, what? Wow, is that French? What was that? She oh, is, yeah. yeah. Huh? She raps all in French, and she's really awesome. She has a song called La Rage, which is just sounds a bit aggressive. She is totally aggressive, and that's what's totally awesome. You don't have, unfortunately, I mean, there are a lot of female rappers in the world, but they don't get the proper respect they should get. Man, look, mom, this is little Kim. She <laughs> she suck a mean dick. Future planned. I, I, you know, I, I love her. I'm gonna treasure her. She's one in a million, mom. Uh, Hannibal Buress is what we're quoting there. Stu. Yeah, I have no idea what you what you're talking about, really. If somebody just, I'll find it. Hang on. Oh, I, well, say, well, I mean, what what was it? We salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bit of pushy, mom. What do you want? <laughs> anyway. I think Duke's finding the same clip of Hannibal Buress yeah. saying that thing. Excellent. Um, yes, I am. I am going to unfortunately bring the podcast down now. I'm, okay. I'm sorry to say it because you know our regular email person, Jason, Jason Golher, sends us an email. Well, he sent two. I told you. I told you that this podcast is going to be the worst He's... podcast. I know what you're going to read it. I've read this. <laughs> in he sent us two emails this week. One was for the show, and the other one. Sort of wasn't for the show, but I'm going to use it anyway because he sent me a link to something. I'm, I'm really not. Just, I just want to make the listeners aware that I'm really not liking the trend <laughs> of this podcast of poo jokes. I, I think poo is terrible, well, terrible humour. It would be, it would be right that if this was a joke, but unfortunately, from what I can gather, it's not a joke. <laughs> this isn't a joke. This happened. Uh, but basically, okay. Believe it we not. do try to keep it classy on this show. For the most part, people, I just want you to know that normally we tend to keep the discussion a little more above board. But basically, the I can guarantee that Tom Bissell doesn't listen to the show anymore. No, I don't think he ever did. He never did. Uh, but we'll we'll come to Tom Bissell later. As he got, he did so when he was on. He probably did when he was on it. We'll come to Tom Bissell later on. Anyway, uh, basically, the Pokemon Championships were taking part in the UK, so you know they have these. Yes. Didn't even know this happened, but apparently they have Pokemon Championship. Of course it does. Uh, and anyway, there's a guy called uh, Ruben Puig or Puig. I don't know what he, how you pronounce it. Let Les yeah. Ui or something. Anyway, he's foreign, basically Spanish. I think was he Spanish? Oh, he was Spanish. He's wow. Anyway, he comes from somewhere that's not the UK or America. Anyway, that's that Britain. So he you. was he was stripped of his title. He won the title. You know, he was a champion, right? And then he was stripped of his title. And why was he stripped? Stuart? Because I can't. I can't I, have you seen the name? This can't be real. The may, the name of the Pokemon organized play manager was Dave Schwimmer. I mean, that can't really be the David Schwimmer, can it? You, you know, the thing is about the human race, you can have the same name. As yeah, but what are the chances, really? Anyway, Dave Schwimmer. Well, Quite high. Uh, probably. But basically, right, the reason he was stripped of his title, yeah, was a Spanish team. The reason he was stripped of his title was because the Spanish team were apparently throwing poo at each other in the corridors of the hotel they were staying in. Oh, I guess. Spaniard. <laughs> this is absolutely true. Absolutely true. But he defended, apparently, he, he then went on to say that he took the rap so his friend didn't get in trouble. And this was his statement. Okay. Uh. This is what he said. We were in our room, and we were speaking and talking a little bit loudly. One of my friends took a poo, 
and left it at the corridor wrapped in paper. I told my friend not to do that, but he did it anyway. It was so embarrassing, I couldn't say anything at the moment. I said it was the one who had done it because my friend was ashamed to admit he had done it. So I think what he was basically saying, he told them it was him who'd done it. So his friend, because his friend was ashamed that he'd done it. Clarifying this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was confused. But then the official story is that they were actually throwing poo at each other, apparently. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thank you for that and for the email. And uh, now we're ready to move on. Well, that, that was very kind of you to send us that. Uh, yes, that's one way I to I think after it. that topic, <laughs> I think the... The Queen is listening. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And, and to celebrate the Queen's listening, here's some music. Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'll tell you what, this might <laughs> go from the, be- the worst to the greatest. Brilliant. <laughs> I must give credit where credit's due. Richard Primrose sent me that one. That's so uh, thanks to him. We like that 8-bit version. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sending that to my friend because I- I've got a bit of a story about that. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, getting trumped. Story, story, story time. <laughs> so basically, I, I was around uh, my mate's uh, flat. And it'd been a long day, and we'd been working and stuff. And I said, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll leave you with something. I was just stepping out. I said, I'll leave you with something. And I showed him Epic Sax Man. Awesome. And uh, he he uh, he fell in love with that quite a lot, I, I must admit. Uh, maybe a little bit too much. So You know what you should have gonna... said? Before you stepped out, you should have said, I want to show you a video. Now, I'm going to be gone for a few minutes, but I want you to promise you're going to watch the whole video. And he'll go, yeah, all right. And then you put it on the 10-hour loop. <laughs> all right, I'll see you in a minute. You know what? He had it on for about an hour, though. He just had it on for an hour. So, wow. Now I'm going to show him the, uh, the 8-bit version. Did he, did, he get the whole, uh, did he get the whole thing? You know, the, the one from the, Euro, you know, the Eurovision song yeah, contest? The song? Yeah, the whole song. Did he see that as well? Yeah, I shot him that, but he wasn't very. Oh. Have you has he seen "Sexy Sax Man" the the joke one, the careless whispers? Uh, the do 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 Yeah, we we went to uh, and that was about that was actually that was exactly a year ago. Uh, last year in March, we we was in London at this awards thing in Leicester oh. Square, and just before, I mean, it was like there was press there, all the works. We was all in kind of like nice clothes, and just yeah. before we was on the way to it, we was like. <laughs> That's all he's doing in the streets of London. Awesome. So. Are you playing to a baby? Yeah, he's playing to a baby right now. <laughs> all right, video games. Yes, video games. We should we should talk about those, shouldn't we? I suppose. Yeah, but wait, Chinny, you said you had a story. Oh yeah, story, Chinny. Well, it's just the epic, epic. Oh okay. Uh, all right, exactly. Video game. Go ahead, Stu. Start a story. Off. Oh, my son. Oh, okay then. Oh, I'm excited this week. Oh, very excited this week. Now, I have to say, I do have to apologize slightly to the listeners because when I was editing the show this week, I realized I I was pretty negative last week about most of the stuff I'd played, including Mass Effect 3. You know, and I also want to say, no, go ahead. I'll say it when I go on. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, Mass Effect 3. So I thought it was pretty negative, right? And I guess I was a little bit. And, And I think part of that was because I really wanted Mass Effect 3 to be brilliant. And, you know... It's it's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination, you know. In fact, it's a a great story so far, and I'm really enjoying all that side of things. But there there are still niggles, you know. I was doing a mission, you know, just just sort of earlier on this week, for instance, where enemies 
could magically appear through closed doors. Even when you were in a room regrouping, they were suddenly streaming through the closed doors when there was, they weren't even open, which was a bit annoying. And then I, that isn't yeah, and then I had to kill them, you know, <laughs> where I thought I was safe for a little bit just to get myself sorted out. You know, they were still coming in there, even though the doors were closed. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got some niggles. I have some niggles with it. But overall, I'm enjoying the story. I'm fairly engrossed in what's going on. And I'm liking the sort of, you know, I'm even quite enjoying the getting everything together sort of thing. And I know it's a bit old because he did that. You know, it's just the same as two, but done in a different way. Because in two, you had to get your crew together, etc. And do all the side missions. Uh, yeah. Whereas in this, you have to get the whole galaxy together, you know, all the different races by, by in effect, doing things for them to help them out. So you're basically a bit more political, you know. So hundreds of thousands of trust missions. Yes, pretty much. Not hundreds of thousands of them, but, you know, it's the main, like, you know, the main diplomats and stuff. You have to do stuff for them to get them on your side. And, you know, it's... You know what I have heard about this game is the ending is not going to stay... A secret for long so i'm trying to get there because i've seen I'm sorry, chinny you and i better brace ourselves to play it quickly or else expect that we're going to have because the ending spoiled. There, there's lots of people are talking there's even about. been petitions to change the ending you know people are so what? incensed about the ending now they want it changing and they've sent out petitions and you know even i mean we've got an email to read out later that'll go some way to talk about the end but not directly so there's no spoilers but it is off cp matthew you know who's finished it now uh, well, that guy, he spoils everything. Yeah, so he, you can't leave in the same room with a ham. Uh, you come back, it's spoiled. But his, his actual email's fine. He's, he sent us two, in fact, this week. We've got two emails off him. Um, but one of them is about Mass Effect 3 in particular because he listened to the show and gave his views on it, you know, for us to... Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mass Effect 3, I am enjoying it. I'm trying to get through that because, you know, I want to get... I've got other stuff to get to, and especially something that's coming uh, this week via Love Film, which I'm really excited to get to. I'm so excited! Which is a brand new game out only in the last week, so it's it's pretty much brand new. It, it's the lollipop change. Oh, game. although I am sort of kind of looking forward to that in a perverted, weird sort of well, way. What else came out? Uh, well, it is Japanese. There's a clue. <laughs> it's a Japanese game. Jenny, uh, <laughs> it's a Japanese game uh-huh. that came out this week. All right, I'll find it. Go ahead. Uh, oh, you do. Do you not want me to tell you, Danny? You're going to see if you can figure out. Journey is it? Journey? That's not Japanese. That doesn't come in the in the mail. No, it certainly doesn't. Uh, but I will get to Journey. Um, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. No, that is out this week, though. I do kind of like looking forward to playing that as well. But no, it's not that. Azura's, Azura's Wrath. No. Oh, for God's sake. No. Come on, I think he's figured it out. Go on, what is it? I don't know. I give up. Oh, yeah. Binary oh Yakuza Dead Souls is out this week. So that... For God's sake. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Zombies and Yakuza. What more could you ask for? Hey, whatever floats your boat, man. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, so Mass Effect 3, still getting through that. Hopefully get to the end soon, and then I can f- decide what I think about the ending, you know, and you know, rather than hearing everybody moaning about it. Um, so that's that's on the way. Trying 2, I played the demo for this. Have you played this? Yeah, that demo came out a long time ago. Well, Trying 2, not... not yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was pretty impressed with this. I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I, was, I thought it's, it's a lovely looking game. You know, I mean... It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. The colors are a bit much. I think they overdid a little with the colors. Well, I kind of like that. I like the brightness and vibrancy of it. I like that. Of course you did. Stu, ask me if I played it. Have you played it, Chini? 
No, there you go. Um, I thought the voice acting wasn't as great as it could have been, I have to say. It's a bit stilted and a bit weird. and yeah, it, it did sound like somebody reading from... It was a little overdone, like, the hero went down to the market. It was a bit overacted, if anything. Yeah, you know, someone trying the best, but didn't really come off. But I liked it. I liked the you know the puzzles and the switching, and the, you know, it's similar to the first one. So there's not a lot of new stuff for you to pick up or learn. Uh, it's some cool mechanics. It's a little twist, and it's mostly a platformer. But you know, whatever. It's I think they did a brilliant job of of getting the depth, you know, of the backgrounds and stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, I'd go that. Yeah, no, I thought they did a, a really cool. Thing. I kept, I kept trying to like go backwards into the into the background, you know, to go to a different room. I thought, oh no, you can't do that, can you? It's just really, it's just a, an illusion. Oh wait, you mean the graphics? Yeah, no, but the back, you know, the you said the depth and the background. I thought you were talking about the characters. No, what? The depth in the background, oh, yeah. the, the, the way that the you know the the towns and stuff. It looks like you can go into it. It looks like you can go into the towns, but obviously you can't because in reality you're just on that very front plane. But you can't, you know what I mean? They've done a really good illusion. Our music. It looks like you can walk right through yeah. it. Great illusion they get they pulled off. There. Yeah. Looks looks really really good. Um, the thing about that is that we've trained ourselves to think of certain ways of looking at things as being we can interact with yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. in most games, if a doorway is not something we can enter, it'll be clearly delineated as something we can't enter. It'll be boarded up, or there'll be a lock sign on it, or closed. But in this game, the stuff looks like we might be able to interact with it. So it's understandable why you might think yeah, that. But you can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's cool all the same. I think they've done a brilliant job of it. It looks... It looks Actually, you, you, can, you just have to press the A button 25 times. <laughs> is that what it is? I'll try that. Yeah, <laughs> do that, and you'll I'll see what that. I mean. Um, yeah. But apart from that, I've only really uh, played two other games. Uh, both of them... Are PSN games okay? Exclusive ones, and I wonder what the first one is. Oh, no, actually, the first one's not what I'm going to save that till save the best to last. <laughs> Second, save one. the best. I guys got 55 cents in his <laughs> pocket. The, one cool. of them is not a before I go into these. I've got to say, I think the quality of games that they're releasing on PSN is this year, especially in the last 12 months, is far superior to what they're releasing on the Xbox. Oh, no, you didn't. Because, I'll be honest with you, the the stuff we've had, even in the summer of Arcade, really, there was nothing that was like, um, like wow, or, you know, as good as Limbo. So, so, so this is what you're really saying, Stu. Xbox ain't got games. It ain't got games. They've got games, but they're just not the same quality. I think, I think. I don't, I don't think there's a Chad Warden clip of that. <laughs> Xbox don't have the same quality game. I just think, I just think <laughs> the PS3 has managed to get some really great games onto the PSN network this year. And, uh, yes, and, and you've been playing two of them. And two of them. The first one I want to talk about, and it, I went on Metacritic just to see what score this had got, right? and there is literally two reviews or three reviews, and that is it, which I'm really shocked well, at. Um, so no one knows about it. Motorstorm RC. And... Oh, okay. It is brilliant. I cannot believe how it's less than a fiver, and it's just one of the most addictive games I have played in recent years. You know, it is almost up there with with you know Trials HD. It is that good? So is it like Minecraft? Yes, but it's so brilliantly done. And they've basically taken all four, you know, all four Motorstorm games, especially the, the one that they also you know released on the on the PSP, the Arctic Edge one. So they take and all the tracks are themed around those four games basically but the miniature miniature versions you know like remote control car tracks 
and okay. it controls brilliantly well. It, it's just and it's it's what's really cool about it. You know, like in Trials HD, uh, you got the obviously the you know the silhouette or the ghost of the the, the person on your friends list to to try and chase down. Well, they've done this in this, but it's like maybe the first five people on your friends list who played it. So you're racing against the ghosts all the time. So even though you're only racing on your own, really, you know they're always on the track at the same time with you, and it just it works brilliantly well. And obviously, it gives you it give it play it on the Vita too. Yeah, you can do. Yes, and it's included in the same price. It's I can't I can't I can't wait for the Vita to come out. (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, what? Sorry, what? The PS3 version is brilliant, and I can't recommend it enough. It's just brilliant i love it absolutely love it and i've been playing loads of there's loads of different game modes how much is it less than a fiver it's less is there a trial version uh yes there is i think almost i'm almost sure there is but it it just works brilliantly well and it it, it really is when you when you get the the right racing line you you can't believe how fast you do the tracks you know and you know when you beat your friend and i mean one of them I, i must have played it about you know and it's that really quick reset you know, if you cock up, you just press select and then A X again, and then it just restarts straight away. There's no, yeah, no hesitation, no loading. It just does it. Um, it's just brilliant. I love it. Absolutely love it. And you know, I can't recommend it enough. So go and play it. Go buy it. It's cheap and it's brilliant for the price. Uh, and it looks lovely, by the way. It's a great looking game. And the other thing I should mention this. There's there's like a skate park like that. You can just go and try out new cars and stuff that you bought. Right, as you, as you unlock them, you can buy them and get all these new like free stuff. And yeah, and you can do you can do like skateboarding tricks with the remote controlled cars and so. And you you unlock different ramps and stuff to go in your skate park as you play the game. It's just cool. brilliant, honestly. Go play it now. Back in the day of the NES, the RC Pro Am game was a big. We loved playing that a lot. So I, well, someone I don't know, someone's compared it to that. So I read, I read that somewhere on the forums because there's a few people on the forums giving it a bit of love. And uh, I'm sure that was mentioned. I'll tell you what, you know, Minecraft Machines and games like that, they're the games that have kind of not done very well because they're really good in local co-op, you know, on local competitives like couch co-op stuff, like Street Fighter and FIFA. Yeah. And like now, over online, it's just not quite the same because you can't laugh in their face when you knock them off the edge no, of the track. But what's quite cool is it, it will um, give you a bit of, you know, if, if like one of your friends beats you, it gives you a bit of a... So it's a bit of grief, it griefs you with a comment of some description, like you were trounced by such and such a body or whatever. So it's quite tongue-in-cheek as well, the way it tells you you've been beaten by one of your friends. Is it made by the same yeah. people? That yeah, it's made by Evolution, so yeah, it's made by the same people. But I'm they just British. gave a little team this and said, you know, go and get on with it, see what you can do. That's a, Brit- that's a British team. Yeah, it's really good. Definitely give it a look. British. Racing game, man. Have leagues and everything. Yeah, it's very, very good. Anyway, I should get on uh, to the to the other game I've played. So what's this then? Yeah. So I have I have played Journey not once but twice. <laughs> oh my god! From beginning to end. Now it's got lots of replay value. Well, to start off with, that is not. Or it's twenty minutes long. It's well, it <laughs> the first playthrough from beginning to end took me an hour and three quarters. Oh my so god! You paid how much for this? <laughs> ten pounds is ten. No, it's due. <laughs> Which is like, was it? Was it? Was it ten pounds well spent? Yes, it's oh, yeah. definitely quality over quantity. You know, um, 
it's interesting. The first, the first, I came away with mixed feelings after my first playthrough, um, because, and then you went, I need to justify my purchase. <laughs> I'll play it again. Well, I felt like I'd rushed it. I felt like I was like, oh, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta do it. And I rushed through the game, and. I think what's interesting when you you know when we read the reviews on this game and it was like and they were saying oh it's really cool really cool and then you meet someone and it made it sound like it was quite a way into the game where you might come across someone just you know wandering in the desert with you and you might see him in the distance and all that. Well, I think once the game had released, that sort of doesn't happen because there's that many people playing it. You almost get someone straight away in your game, but it was a really cool way of letting you know someone's in your game all of a sudden because what does he do does he go someone's in your game it's very subtle so basically which uh, it's a bit like you know when you're getting shot at someone in a first person shooter and there's like a little red glow on your screen from the direction you're getting shot in basically what happens is there's like a white glow on your screen in the direction of where the person is so just in the edge of the screen it just glows white sort of at the bottom or the top or the left or the right and obviously whichever way it is is the direction they're in uh, so when that happens, do you always go running over to them? Well, at the first time, it, it sometimes it takes you a bit to... Because some of these areas, although it's it's a fairly linear... Well, it is a very linear game. Um, some of the areas are quite big, so it might take you a minute or two to work out whereabouts they are in the level. Because uh, yeah. each level sort of its own little area with its own little puzzles now. There is no... I mean, first of all, from the outset, I've got to say there is no challenge in this game whatsoever. Yeah. There is no challenge. There's no there's no puzzles as such that take any really brain power to work out. There's nothing like that. Is it is the gameplay sort of? I mean, was it is it a lot like the demo? Because the demo seemed like the game mechanics were a lot like Flower. Sort of. Although you have more control because obviously this is the first game that they've made. Uh, because the other two were purely motion controlled using the six axis on the on the controller. Right, right. This yeah, this so uses. Now. This uses traditional thumbsticks to to control, but I mean you're going around basically like picking up things that then follow around after you. Is that or it adds onto your scarf or something? Yes, that's part of it, but that's not the main part of the game. Gotcha. That's not the main part of the game. The main <laughs> the main part of the game is after this sound is using using your singing uh, mechanic. To, <laughs> that doesn't sound stupid at all. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't keep a straight face. To awesome activate way. stuff. <laughs> so, to be fair, Six Star sold a lot of copies. But what? The, I mean, it's so difficult because I mean, there isn't really anything to spoil because well, there is. <laughs> Stu, we're having trouble conceptualizing this game. Why don't you do us a favor? Sing us a little bit of the song. Yeah, the, yeah he can't. <laughs> Actually, yeah, go ahead, that, should be honest with you, that would that would make me buy it. <laughs> so go on, Jenny. Why don't you promise that if you sing thirty seconds of this song, you will buy it? Well, yes. <laughs> there isn't really a song as such. No, he just, just promised. It's, it's, it's just random notes. It's just random notes. But it's not. Oh come on! This Stu. game is not about. Attention listeners, if you all write in and demand that Stu sing the song for 30 seconds, that you will buy the game. We'll make it impossible for him to say no. But this, I, yeah, this, I'll, I'll pour the game and give my opinion, and you all want to hear that. This game <laughs> is not about... Uh, it, it's similar to Flower in some respects, because it's not about the puzzle game. 
all, all the, the game, all the challenge, the fun, all the actual. <laughs> oh no, it's definitely fun. There are parts of the game that are very fun. To play. <laughs> it's rip roaring good time to play. It's about how it makes you feel, and that that sounds really weird, but it is. Okay. It's totally about that, right? And the first time I played through, oh, no, 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 Duke. Let's be fair, because Flower did make me feel sick. <laughs> But the first, right, the first time I played it through, I met eight different people during the game. Okay. Uh, and what was the most interesting interaction you had with one of them? Well, it's, there's, a, there's a part of the game, and I'm trying not to... Oh, one person drew a big sausage Uh-oh. with balls. You can't do any of that. No, you can't do that at all. I thought you said you could draw no, well, That was talked about before it came out, but you can't. That's the only way... Because inter- people will draw penises. The only way you can interact with your partner in the game is the singing thing really that's the only way you can do it but what's kind of cool is that you do learn how to use that only single tool to tell them what you need them to do which is kind of cool really because you know there is no other but you adapt to it and you go okay i know how i can get them to to get what i need and you use you know, different ways, because obviously each time you press the button that does a singing, it just does a single note, or if you press and hold it, it does a longer note. So it's almost like Morse code, I guess. But the urgency with if you press it, you can tell someone that you want them to do something for you by pressing it quicker, you know, so they realise that you want them to come and look at something, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful game. It's it's the one that it's just gorgeous and it's it just so pretty. And like when you're in the desert, right? Every time you sing a note, the sand around you sort of blows underneath you. You know, like there's been a down downward blast. Of- I'm sure a lot of things about this game blows. Uh, no, it doesn't, honestly. But when you and and this is without going into spoiler territory, when you finish the game, you have a bit of a revelation, which is just brilliant. Oh, I bet I will. <laughs> curious to know about that but i'll be honest with you Stu. i'm going to youtube and well that would so well you probably wouldn't glean it from youtube you wouldn't know what i'm talking about unless you played a game on youtube wouldn't tell you what i'm talking about what well it wouldn't because how do you understand what the revelation well, is? you wouldn't because you have to play the game to understand no, because you have to buy it and realize that you wasted your money <laughs> But well, I'm sorry. That sounds like a bunch of bollocks. That sounds like the Matrix. No one can be told no, the Matrix. Is. Of course you can. No. It's a computer program that puts you to sleep. You're in a little you would, tub. Of- you, would, you would glean something from the ending, but you wouldn't understand what it means in the in the scheme of the whole game. Um, then I'll find explanation of the it's end. Like of reading, the reading the last page of a book without reading any anything else. So it would tell you something, but it wouldn't tell you I'll do that. It got to that point. Well, it is a ghost. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it is kind of cool. Um, the interaction with the people, though, is just, it's a stroke of genius, really. It's the best co-op I've ever played, considering you, know, you don't talk to them and the only way you can communicate is by playing notes at them. Um, but you have to work together. <laughs> so I left dead there is no way this is better co-op no, well, than left it's for dead. different it's different i i know it's different i appreciate the fact that it's unique it's different but you different said it's the best co-op i've it's, ever played it's really interesting and also what was quite really interesting uh i missed out on a trophy at the end of the game because you get a trophy for actually finishing the game with your co-op partner and i played the second time i played through i just played with, i played it early morning uh, it was Sunday morning uh, for two hours, two and a half hours, and I just played with one person the whole game, so I didn't meet anybody else. And at the end, he's like, oh, "I'm not helping you get that trophy." No, Fuck off. Well, the, well, I'll get to the cool, the really cool bit. But we haven't got to the most awesome yeah. interaction. So. I got to the very last section, which I'd obviously played before, but it's quite a wide open area, and unfortunately I missed sort of one of the things, right, you have to 
it's so difficult without describing what you do. But you have to climb up the, the plants, but the plants made out of cloth, if you will. Right, and you, there's a way of getting up them, but I missed one. So the person I was playing with got ahead of me, and then I never managed to catch them up again. Um, so I, I, I failed, and I was really sad. I was really sad that I didn't finish the game with them. Weird, but it's true. You know, it's really sad. But anyway, at the end, of, you you have no communication. But at the very, very end of the game, it actually lists who you've played with and gives you the gamer tags. But if you go to your recently played on your playset, they, they don't exist there. So they, they don't come up anywhere apart from in the credits at the end of the game. So It's a mar. So anyway, I, I thought, well, I'll send a friend request this first. I spent the whole game and it was really cool and all. I sent a quick message just to say, you know, thanks for, you know, sharing the journey with me, as it were. And he wrote back, fuck off, you faggot. No, they, I don't know if it was a he or a she, but they wrote back, what, you were a real person? I just thought you was like, like a, just a character in the game, a computer-generated <laughs> AI character. Am I? Yeah, and they, they obviously had a bit of a revelation because they were like, wow. Because obviously, you know, we forget that we, like me personally, you know, read loads of stuff about games every day. Well, especially this yeah. game. And, and know what it means. But this person obviously maybe hadn't read anything about it and didn't realise that they were playing with, obviously didn't realise they were playing with another person. Yes, not. Person. You know, and that's kind of cool, isn't it? Or what they thought about the game. They loved it. No, they thought it was brilliant. You know? it's yeah, it's it's brilliant. I can't, you know. It, Just for the record, Stu, I did a little maths here. Uh, Journey works out to, if you said it took you 1.75 hours to finish and it cost you 10 quid, that comes out to £5.71 per hour. No, but, game but then I played it twice and the second time it took me two hours. No, 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 we're not talking about that. The point is this. I'm, the I'm definitely going to play it again. I don't want to hear that. Um, the average first-person shooter, which also has some replay value, is about 10 hours long, right? So if that's 40 quid for your AAA... No, 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 no. Come on, no, no, no. Let's be honest here. Modern Warfare 3 is about four and a half hours, isn't it? Whatever. If it's 10 hours, it's four quid an hour. So that's roughly equal to Journey. Uh, Skyrim, uh, you know, 200 hours okay. and cost 40 quid. That'll come out to 0.2... But no matter how many hundreds of hours you put into Skyrim, it won't make you feel like you feel when you're playing Journey. You know what? It makes me feel pretty good when I'm playing Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you like chopping people up. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I do like chopping people up, but only bad guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean it isn't going to be for you, I don't think. You know, I don't think for one minute you're going to like it, and I don't think Ginny will either. Well, you know, but I will. There's no demo, though. Well, I played oh, the there demo. is no demo. There's no demo for Journey. But if you, if you want to play something totally unique, like nothing else you've ever played, Except it's kind of like flour. Well, yeah, except it is kind of. Well, they're, they're always, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? But it isn't. It is yes. and it isn't. Uh, in, okay. some effect, in some respects, I, I sort of think flour in, as a game was probably a better game, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> that's a great way to sell this. Title. Yeah, I do, I do, because there was a bit more to flour than there is to this. This is... You remember how substantial and involving Flower felt? Well, this has none of that. Oh no, it, it no no. It's definitely it's more involving in some respects, but Flower was more of a game. I'm finding you up. Yeah. Yes. It's, 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 Flower was more of a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your argument for no, this no. game was it's more of a more game. More of a game compared to Journey. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it is and it isn't, Jenny. It is and it isn't. It's so hard to describe. And Part of it is and it isn't, and you sing, and the guy didn't know I was human. Don't you understand? Yeah. You see, that was cool. That was cool that he thought I was, like, you know, a computer generator. So you want people to think you're a robot play which, this game? Which was weird, right? Because at one point, because I'd obviously played the game before, and it was showing... At one point, I got my character all naked, and I was waving my wing-wing. I was showing him where all the the pieces are for obviously making your cloth as long as possible, so I kept showing him where all the bits were hidden and stuff, right, that I found on my first playthrough. Uh, And then at one point, I managed to take him the wrong way, and he still didn't realize I wasn't generated by the computer, even though we did the the same section twice by mistake. (laughs) I was like, how could you not know? (laughs) Because I took you the wrong way, you daft sod. (laughs) But anyway, it was it's great. I loved it. I loved it. I think what he does is really cool, you know. And we need more stuff like this because, you know, it's different and we need different stuff. You know, you get bored of eating, you know, if you ate raspberry ice cream for the rest of your life, you would get to a point where you didn't like raspberry ice cream anymore. You know? Yeah, but the yeah. thing and is, like, chocolate. Journey, to me, is like an orange with no orange in it. You know, you like, you like you just look the skin and you open it and it's like, oh, there's nothing no, there. No, right, well, there is. No, there is, though. There is. There isn't, not for me. There is and there isn't. Maybe. There is and there isn't. There only is if you if you want there to be. Yes. Well, you've got to keep an yeah. open mind. That's it's the, thing. It's the orange that's in of us. You've got to keep an open mind. That's the biggest thing. Come on. Keep an open mind. Open mind. Why do you think games have to have games in them? Well, there is a game in it in some respects. But it's, right. it's not the deepest game you'll ever play as far as just playing a game. I'm very confused. It's it's confusing to describe, believe me. It's confusing and it's not confusing. <laughs> it's just, that's true. That's absolutely true. It's true. Also, it's I found another true. 8-bit remix on the internet. <laughs> oh, God. Classic. Classic. So, yes. Yeah. I don't and say... Either play it or don't play it. If you play it, you'll probably love it. If you keep it up, play it or don't play. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> take us, just take a stand, dude. Tell people to play. Yeah, it. play. It's brilliant. It's it's like nothing else you'll ever play. Play it. Not don't. If, you, don't if go you've got it. a PS3, it's a must play for me. Well, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. You know, but some people probably come back and go. That game you said we're good is crap. Well, whatever. That's why you gotta tell them if you like X, you'll like. If you like flower, you'll love this. <laughs> Chocolate rain. Okay, moving on. Duke, what have you been up to? All right. First, I need to say, Jason Gallagher. Um, he sent me an email, and I think I sent the wrong message last week. Okay, Stu, you sent me that thing about Quantic Dreams' new video about the sex girl. Absolutely. Yes, I did. Yes. I was preparing to yell and shout about it because. That's what I do when we talk about quantum dreams because I hate them. That is true. But my wife had just come home when we started talking about it. So I decided, you know what? She comes home after a hard day at work. She don't want to hear me yelling about some stupid video on the internet, right? So what? She's home now. Anyway, I don't care now. I'm willing to yell now. So the point is that last week, I didn't want to yell in order to cause... Sorry, chaos sorry Dick. The that, that was like, look, I love my wife, and I don't like telling her to shut up. Hey, shut up over there. I'm talking about how nice I am. Shut your mouth. Anyway, that's the point. That's the reason I said, like, my wife just came home. I, he didn't offend me. He didn't offend her. That You know, whatever. It's all good. I was just pretending to be angry about the email when I was like, oh, we can skip it this week, blah, blah, blah. No, I, I'm very happy that he wrote in, and I was very eager to talk about that video. Well, yeah, only because you wanted to, like, get angry about it. 
Well, exactly. But that's the thing. I never ended up saying what I thought was stupid about it. But I, Pete, made some good points because I did talk about how I think it's pathetic that some guys have, you know, get it on with dolls or whatever. They just want a companion doll or whatever. And these robots will make that even worse because then you'll be, you know, getting naked with your doll. Anyway, uh, (laughs) people get naked with dolls all the time, apparently. Well, they they do that. And like, but they just not robots. Well, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, there's this whole thing about it would stop, it would, it would slow down the spread of disease, and there would be less prostitution, probably. Which I'm in favor of that because I think it's weird that guys like rent women's bodies and stuff. So, I mean, he made some good points. I still think it's sad and pathetic that guys would want to date a robot, but whatever. I, I recognize that he has good points. Look, some and, dude, and said, some dude married his whatever he created in some DS game, didn't he? Yeah, I know, and that's sad and pathetic too. So. Whatever. I mean, I'm not backing off what I said, but I, I, I admit that IP has some good points. Anyway, whatever. Moving on. Um, there's something else I want to talk about before we talk about actual games. <laughs> Is this Duke story time? <laughs> it's, no, it's not Duke story time. It's Hannibal's story time. Imagine introducing Kim to your mom like, Mom, this is Kim. Not only is she a rapper, but she can suck a mean dick, too. <laughs> She's so talented. I think we have a few together I really like her. She's special. <laughs> All right. So that's that. Um, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. I could make a Pepsi game. can disappear in my mouth. <laughs> Why did she have to use the Sprite can? I guess she was really going for circumference. <laughs> All right. At school when they learned you about circumference, well, I used the internet thing uh, joke right there. Stay in school, kids. We had the kill zone for yeah, the We should talk about this because I didn't mention this. Jesus. Oh, so you go kill box three. Play day. Get killed zone. Oh my god. Let's kill zone. Because we went to this one game that was War Zone where they put all the different game types and we apparently were up against like major league gamers or something because they were just destroying. They were spawn camping and there was just no hope for us. And we were all, you know, people playing it for free. They clearly owned it for years and they were just slaughtering us. So that was frustrating. I, and then we went to- I have never in my life. I mean, I've, I, you know, you, as you know, I don't play many multiplayer games anyway. You know, but I did play quite a bit of, you know, Call of Duty 4 and I played other multiplayer games. I have never in my life experienced anything like that. It was well, really- sad to say it used to happen a lot in SOCOM. Like, spawn camping was a huge problem back in it's the just day. Like, surrounded they- it just like millions of grenades just flying through the hole in the door. It was yeah. like... And that's why I think Call of Duty turned a corner when they did the spawning. Like, it sort of seems to use uh, some sort of formula based on where your team is, and you spawn sort of right in the middle of them. You know well, what I mean? So you probably have right They have these turrets set up in the rooms that are meant to stop that from happening, but it made absolutely no difference. Well, if they are waiting just outside the room, then yeah, it doesn't really help that there are turrets inside the actual room yeah. of spawning. Except there are sometimes back ways you can go and whatever. We didn't know what they were. So anyway, uh, we went and got into another game where it was much more equal, and that was a lot of fun. So cheers to you, Stu, and Woody Shackler and Axeman Phil for coming by and uh, playing Killzone 3 with us. It was a lot of fun. Now, apparently, when you get the free version you don't have all the abilities that you do if in the full version. So, like, I was the medic. I couldn't heal people. That was stupid. Is that true? Well, I think so. Yeah. I mean, maybe I just was high enough level, but I'm pretty sure I was... I'm pretty sure you get that as soon as you start off as the medic. And it says something in the menu that 
in this free demo, you, you know, in the full version, you have access to more abilities or something like that. So I think that may be the case. And one of them, either Woody or Axeman Phil, were saying that that's what happens, is that when you buy the full version, you get certain other abilities, and that the free one is just to give you, you know, the basic taste of the game. I've got to say, though, it was good. I, enjoy, I mean, you know me, I don't really like multiplayer that much, but I actually, the second game, I kind of enjoyed it. I got 11 kills yeah. in one of them. Yeah. Killzone's a good game. And you know what? This is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. When you kill an enemy in Killzone, first of all, the, the points show up on the screen, which every multiplayer game does that more or less. But it also has this really rewarding, like, bling, like this high-pitched beep that it plays to let you know you've killed the guy. And that's such a Pavlovian, like, oh, yeah, blink, I'm, I got him, yeah. It's so satisfying to hear that when you kill an enemy. So He's good. I like that. Very good. I enjoyed it. Yes. Um... For some reason, I went back to Fallout 3 because I was doing that. You are mental. I mean, because there is no new games out or anything you could be playing, like Mass Effect 3, for instance. There's nothing. (laughs) Wait, just wait. I had started this latest playthrough of Fallout 3 a long time ago, and then I finished the main quest, and I did Broken Steel because that sort of comes right after the main quest of Fallout 3. And then I was like, someday I'll go back and do the pit and the... Mothership Tango or Zeta or whatever it is, the one in outer space. And I didn't want to bother with Point Lookout again because that was okay, but I didn't feel like dealing with it. So I went to do the pit, and I did it in a way I've never done it before. Um, Because normally when you go into the pit, you dress up as a slave, and then you're like, I'm a slave. And they go, put all your stuff in this box, and you'll get it later. Um, This time I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can shoot my way in. And I did. I Because I was level 30. I had been maxed out since the beginning of Broken Steel. I was just totally all leveled up. I had that perk where when you finish killing the dude in uh, Vats, then you get all your action points back, which is a really nice perk to have. So I went up, and I was like, I'm coming into the pit. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, I just killed everybody at the gate. And as soon as I walked in, the game was prepared for that, and you can't do anything. You immediately get captured. And they're like, you thought you could shoot your way in here. We'll show you. And they, like, beat you up and stuff. And you start back where you were. But then I was like, you know what? I have some pretty good melee skill right now. And so I beat a guard down and took his stuff. And then, of course, there's six other guards attacking me. So I used that one guard that I beat up, took his gun, and then shot the other guards. And I was actually doing okay. I thought it would just never end with all the guards coming after me. But after I wiped out all the ones in view, it sort of said, okay, I guess he's not a threat anymore. So that was very interesting. I played it in a different way. See, it can be done. It can be done. Um, so then, and it was funny too because there's this woman at you know when you're supposed to play it as a slave, you go to see this woman and she's keeping hush hush and she's like, "You better go. We don't want the guards to know that. We don't want the guards to think there's anything fishing going on here." But she was saying this, and when I first came in, there was a guard and he started talking smack to her, and I'm like, "Oh, you're not going to talk to my friend that way." And so I shot him, and then these other guards started coming in like, "What was the noise? Oh, get him!" And so there's this pile of, like, six bodies, and the woman goes, we don't want the guards to think there's anything suspicious going on in here. <laughs> it's brilliant. I was like, yeah, I wonder what would tip them off. So that was pretty funny. So I did that, and I did the Mothership Zeta, and then I was like, you know what? I still don't feel like doing Point Lookout, but I still feel like playing some more Fallout. So I started up Fallout New Vegas again. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. What is the problem with you? <laughs> And there's something about being in that world. It's the combination of the dialogue and the action and the vats. It's the vats, man. I, I can totally relax in that game because I don't have to worry about it. If an enemy shows up in any other game, you've got to like be on your toes and ready to deal with them. But with Fallout, you just keep 
clicking that right bumper, and it'll click, 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 click. And then suddenly, eventually, it'll go and zoom in on something. And you're like, okay, now I have to fight something. But there's no stress, you know what I mean? I guess. I I used to find it stressful. <laughs> well. Even with a bat thing, you know, it could be stressful sometimes if you haven't. It can yeah. be, but I don't know. There's some, it's just so well suited to the way I like to play games. So, um, But I did this thing with Fallout New Vegas, kind of like I did with my last Skyrim playthrough that I'm doing in the video game gym. I've created this backstory for my character. See, because here it is, okay? So, yeah, I got shot in the head, but the backstory I've created is that was just one mission that I did for that uh, Mojave Express courier company because what I had done before that is I had played a part in killing the convoy that Cass, your companion that you can meet up later on, I killed her caravan. And so now my character's like trying to atone for that, and he feels like, oh, I got shot in the head because I helped to destroy Cass's family's caravan and now I have to try to make it up for it and I have to go find her and all this stuff. So it's totally a new way of thinking about the story, man. Great. <laughs> I, do plan to, I do plan to play Fallout New Vegas. One That's one. right, you still have it. Well, can, can I ask you, Chinito, are you going to make up your own backstory for your character? <laughs> now, that's the question. Everyone wants to know. Uh, no. <laughs> It's hard to do if you haven't. It's really only something you can do in a Bethesda game if you played it through once, because you don't really know what's in that world before you start playing it. So yeah, I think the idea of most of those games is to kind of like you have no backstory. You are it's you. You you know you 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 are that guy. So that's but I think you can make it interesting to play it a second time if you come up with like again you're going to play a role. You get to choose the role you're going to play, and you have. You know, your actions, instead of just saying, because in the past I've said, like, okay, this time around I'm going to be selfish or I'm going to be evil or whatever it is. I can never stick to being evil, but, but you yeah, know what sometimes, I mean? Sometimes that's... I do that, yeah. I, I, sometimes I go, right, this guy's a prick, right. uh, and that's usually who I play as in an yeah. RPG. <laughs> but you do, you do that in every game, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I just go, right, this guy's going to give a complete dick to every <laughs> And I stick to it very well. I don't know what that says about me, but... Uh, you know, I go in Megaton and I say, oh, look at those little kids playing around that bomb. That's brilliant. That's, that's fantastic. I can't wait to blow this. It's going to be a tragedy. Uh, yeah. But I did buy uh, the Lonesome Road DLC once upon a time for New Vegas, and I still haven't played it, so I will be doing that at the end of this playthrough, and I will definitely not be doing the Dead Money DLC. I think I may have even deleted that from my hard drive. You see, I have, I have no idea how you don't get bored of playing the same game, because for me, it's like, oh, what's new? I need something new to play. Yeah. yeah. It's not even the same I am. The same 75-hour game. That's No, that's what I mean. Really- I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Eric? I think part of it is that it's so big... That the little bits, it's been a while since I've played the first part of Fallout New Vegas, you know what I mean? Eric. Yes. I'm calling you Eric. Um, is there like a, you know in Fallout 3? Yes. Uh, there's like, um, there's that moment where you can blow up Megaton and spoilers. And uh, is there like a big moment like that? Can you be, can you be really evil in New Vegas? You know what? It's interesting you ask that because the answer to that, those questions is no and yes. You can't. There is you no... like Are you playing? No, not, we're not playing Journey. Ah, you sound like me. Well, yeah, exactly. you can't. Yes, isn't. It isn't, it isn't. No. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, in, there is no big, enormous way to really be a jackass to because, lots of people all at once. Because, like, in Fallout 3, that is definitely, like, the crux. You know, that, that's the start of things to come. If you're... Oh, sure. You know, the if, you, is you can actually come back from that. 
You could be yeah. like, I blew up a town full of people with a nuclear bomb, but then I gave water to some bums. <laughs> and I also <laughs> stuck some kids in slave uh, collars. Does this, yeah. does this come out, count as community service? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. So in New Vegas, you can't do that. You can't go big in that way. But you, I think you can be more evil in New Vegas in a story-like way because Kaisar's Legion is so hideous and wrong that when you affiliate with them, you're being evil on a level that even Alistair Tenpenny would look at and go, oh, God, what's wrong with you people? So you're saying this is my club to join? I guess so. You, let me ask you this. How do you feel about crucifying people and watching them slowly die? Hmm. In real life, don't get me wrong. In real life, I, I love the fact you have to think about it. In real life, I'm dead against this. You know, I couldn't be more against it. Oh in a video game, you know, it's a bit of fun. Slightly weird. Wants... <laughs> well, then you'd be good? perfect for Ka- Kaiser's Legion wants you. But I I, guess... I'm not playing myself in these video games. I'm playing an absolute yeah. maniac. Or I guess well, the, if you'd have asked the question, do you use ropes or nails, might have been a bit even more yeah. worried. <laughs> oh, nails, totally. <laughs> it's the more blood, the more pain, the better. Like, his whole thing is about, like, pain makes us strong, and we want to bring people into the strength of the light, and this and that. Oh, those people stole three dinars from us. Let's burn their whole town down and make them eat each other and stuff. Like, it's, it's so sick. That might be a bit strong, but, well, you know, it's, it's good to <laughs> test the I'm sure you can work with it, Genie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be the voice of reason in Kaisar's life. Look, God. Like, yeah. We, we who doesn't love making people eat each other? But just this week, let's, let's be nice. <laughs> i tell you what, this week, congratulations, everyone. It's the non-cannibal week. <laughs> we only eat the firstborn of animals now. Uh, but we make sure that we slaughter them in front of you first. So, yeah. happy Monday. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's it for your list, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Right, Ginny, what have you been up to then? Because you've got a huge list, I've got to say, for a change. Huge! It's massive! It's too big to be possible. Right, um, so, I've been playing Half-Life 2. Wow, <laughs> hang on. Are we in 2006? No. Right, so, uh, I, yeah, I'll carry on playing that. That's a good have you, game. Have you got to know the prospect yet? You know, the jail, the the prison. Here. No, 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 no. I've, I've got to just before you get the gravity gun. Ah, so, uh, uh, you see, there's a bit. I always remember, it just reminded me, you know, he was talking about the piled up bodies in Fallout. There's yeah. a bit. There's a bit where you where you have to defend an area in Half Life Two, and all these guards come from both. Oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah. you end up with the biggest pile of bodies you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, I see. But I, 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 I won't mention it. it's it's a great game. But uh, there was one thing I, I thought was I, I spotted the G Man in an area that I never spotted. Uh, I've spotted him a few times. It is interesting that it's on the hoverboat. He just looks at you. He walks across a bridge, doesn't he? I've seen him there. He's watching you. The G-Man is there. Look at the size of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Ah, so I married an axe murderer. What an awesome movie. The right man in the wrong place can make all the difference, (laughs) Mr. Freeman. So I played the Nexus next week. No, Nexus. It is Nexus. Nexus. Yeah. Bollocks. Why on earth would you you want to do that to yourself? So that's shit. It, uh, no. Moving on. <laughs> I, I tried to play um, Gotham City Imposters. All right. Yeah. I like that. 
So, you know, it looks cool and everything. I go into the menu and then it's asked me if I want to download the DLC. I said, like, no, I won't download the DLC. No, no, I don't want to download. No, I don't want to download the DLC. Oh, you can't play it unless you download the fucking DLC. Well, what? fuck you. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't do that when I played it. It says, do you want to download the DLC? Uh, you, you can't play it. Uh, uh, do you want to download the DLC? I say, no. Um, some some game modes might be locked off if you don't have the DLC. Fine, don't care. Instance, do you want to download? Do you want to download the DLC? No. Well, some game modes will be locked off. Do you want to download the DLC? Okay, fine. I could get into a game. Yeah. Right. I gave it five minutes of my diverse time, and it, 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 you know whatever. So too bad. <laughs> Thank you, Mister. Fine. Um, I also played Tiger Woods 2013. Please forget that I am adulterer. Because uh, he has he shares the front cover now with somebody else. So he's like, hey, I'm cool. I still, I still play golf. Yeah, so he's back. He's back um, anyway, isn't he? Yeah, because last year they just had the Masters logo. Did. And it just went, Masters! Tiger Woods. It's obviously long enough for people to have forgotten what he did. <laughs> yeah, they legally have to put his name on it. So they go, yeah, Tiger Woods going, Masters! All right. Uh, but this year, he's back on the front cover with some other dude. He's probably like some famous golfer or some shit. Um, sure. And I, play, I played it. And it's, you know, it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's a golf game. I like my golf. Uh, so that was fun. But is but it radically not... different from the old? Piece? What That's do you the thing. think? I, I like think the you could add game. to that, Duke. I know, but I'm saying, like, I like the golf games, but I always buy the one from, like, three years ago because it's a lot uh, cheaper and it's the same game. Well, buy this in 2016, then, because you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. fine, then. <laughs> Nothing. Except I'll be able to play it on my Xbox 790. <laughs> yeah. And your uh, uh, Durango, or whatever it is. So yeah, exactly. That's a huge noggin. That's a virtual planetary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I played that. That's another golf game. Uh, Defenders of Arcan- Ardania. He sort of rings a bell, but I'm not sure what it is. Terror defense game. Oh, I did see it. Um, and basically, it's like kind yeah. of... Orcs and elves and wizards and shit, uh, and it, like the, it starts off like the narrator is like a Sean Connery impersonator, and you know that thing you said earlier this year about like trying too hard yep. to act. <laughs> you know that it was definitely that. And it was, oh, you should totally little bond and all this. All right, so I don't know what he's talking about. But, um, with the twist of uh, Terry Defense Camp, with the twist of like you can send waves of enemies out to attack their base as well. Uh, which was quite a cool twist, but it was a bit shit. Like, first of all, the presentation wasn't very nice. Aesthetically, it wasn't very nice to look at. Uh, the map was confusing. The The path was confusing. It gave you too much to start off with, and it was quite stressful. And then once you sent out the waves, it was pretty boring. All you was doing was just spamming the X and A button to send out waves, and eventually, you know, power in numbers. I was just sending out people to die. I was like an evil emperor. I was just like, die... Soldiers die, die, die until so you take it tower out. defense and tower offense. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, uh, you know, uh, I, I figured... Uh, there... you, can, you can have, say, like, 20 soldiers on the, on the grid at once, but you have an infinite amount supply as long as you can afford it, right? And I just figured... I just sent them out to die, like, one by one. I just kept on going. I was like, well, eventually they're going to get there and fuck up their base. So, yeah. Um... Not very good. Not very good terror defense game. I, I didn't think it would be because I haven't really heard anything about it. So no good there. I played. I am alive. Oh, can I just say actually? I just it reminded me. You know when you mentioned dogs, and I don't know where you know this. You know Hero Academy that I'm playing on my iPhone all the time. 
Yeah, That's made yes. by the same people who made Orcs Must Die. That's a very good game. Must buy. Orcs Must Die is a very yeah, good by game. the same people. So there you go. Yeah. They they know how to. Since we're bringing up random games. iPhone games, uh, seven little words. I can't say enough about this game. It's so awesome. Seven little words. It's like a crossword puzzle on your iPhone, but you don't have to try to guess the word because the letters are all right in front of you. It's just superb. Go ahead. Can James. I just mention as well? I don't know. You know this, but. All right, well, listen, this is, even, it's even more this is even more interesting. But Robot Entertainment, who make Orcs Must Die and Hero Academy, are made by the founding mem- uh, people who founded Ensemble Studios, which is, which is a company that made Halo Wars uh, and Age of Empires. And that's a game, Halo Wars, that Chinny likes. So we're back to Chinny. There you go, back to Chinny. Yeah. So there you go. So that's so I didn't know they came from there. So there you go. So they did. Well, you know, Microsoft closed them down. They went on to make something good. We're back to Chinny. But sorry, back to Chinny. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, shut up, you diva. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I played. I am alive. Um. Yes. Yeah. So. I liked it. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Never take that, Apple. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't go like that. Take that, Steve Jobs. How do you like those, Steve Jobs? How do you like them, Apple? There you go. So, uh, I liked it. I liked that game. But I didn't think it was perfect or anything. Like, the graphics aren't that great. Uh, but I think everyone's being harsh on it. It was like it was doing something different. I quite liked the fact that you got a gun and you was like, fuck Right, and other people were just like, just shoot you. Just this woman. Just the, the, the weird thing about it. This is the weird thing about the game, right? So, I, I, I'm I'm walking around this corner, and I give this person a health pack, right? I was like, yep. there you go, Merry Christmas, whatever, yep. all right. And I turn the corner, and I shoot this woman in the head. <laughs> I don't remember doing that, but I'll go with this. Like she, I walked up to her, and she went, step away, motherfucker! Right, and she <laughs> in got the doorway. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, in the doorway, right? Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't realise that was a woman, I guess. I shot her in the face. I was like... <laughs> so you had one yeah, bullet, she, and got a woman... She shot it. at me. No, she shot at me first, Yeah, that's right? the thing. I was pointing my gun at her, and she's like, get away, get away! And then she just shot me, and I was like, all right, that's it. It's on now. See, I backed bitch. away, and she, never, she just left me alone. Well, I was yeah. too close to her. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I, I was so helpful around one block, and then the other block, I was like a mass murderer. Um, I didn't. I wasn't. So I mean, you know, look, Stu, you said you was bothered about. Why would you go back to your apartment? Yeah, yeah, we've been through all this. Look, even Murphy said it. I know, yeah, but that doesn't. Two people, don't, two wrongs don't make a right. So <laughs> I haven't listened to that yet. What's his reasoning? He just says, oh, why would you go back to the apartment? <laughs> so shut up. Right. And the place is completely bomb-like. You still sat in your house waiting. The art is why. Duke, you said, oh, because they might leave a clue or something. Guess what they yeah, do? Really. They leave a note. Which just happens to still be there after a year. Well, no one's going to pick up a note and go, no one's going to steal this. Go, oh, wow. Let's pass it out. I'm going to the pornography store. <laughs> well, wipe the bum on it. So, I mean, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I didn't mind it so much. I thought it was uh, a decent effort. I, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, so, but you know what? That timer on the climbing bits is really stupid. I want you to admit you it. You see, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that at uh, all. Stupid. I thought that was okay because that gave it a bit of edge and urgency. Because stupid. 
Because, you know, it's a little bit more realistic yeah. than being Nathan Drake about everything. Although, yeah, because that's why one of the games is real. It would have been better had the controls not been a bit janky. I'll tell you what, right. One thing, that, you know when you climb in mechanics, right? They yeah. always make me laugh when it's like some ordinary person. Right? And remember the game Dark Void? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that game? Now, apparently, that was Joe Average, right? Joe Average fought a pilot, and he was just like, just, you know, blind his plane, and he got stuck. And all of a sudden, right, during between cutscenes, he became the world's best climber all of a sudden, and he could hang off shit. And look. I was like, how is Joe Average doing that? So at least this Joe Average has some kind of limitation, has something that he's not saying. Uh, uh, yeah, that, but you know what? It's stupid. <laughs> that may be true, but... This Joe Average still has muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, ropes, oh. crampons. Have you, have you cra- seen Murphy's Law? Have you seen Murphy's Law? He's <laughs> fucking big. And right. it's also true that you got to admit this is stupid, Chinny. When you climb over a whole bridge and then you get into the town and you're like, oh, there's a fence. Yeah, I, I can't, can't climb. climb over that. <laughs> Come on, admit that was dumb. Come on, it is. Uh, well, yeah, that, I can't remember that, but that, that is dumb, I suppose. All right, so. Now, here's yeah. the real question, Chinny. Did you buy it? Did I fuck? All right, now, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just come at a bad time, you know. Like it's just come at a very busy time on the on the old gaming stuff. I reckon if this came out in January, um, when games were a little less busier, it would have stood a chance. But I just you can't I, fit I, it in with all the Half Life Two. I can't fit it in with all the rage. People. Oh, rage! Yeah, how are you liking that? <gasps> I'm very impressed by Rage. Well, I didn't think I would. Good be. game. I didn't think I'd be impressed. Uh, but I'll tell you what impresses me the most is the character AI. They're very... It, it's very satisfying to fight them, I think. Uh, because the way they move and, you know, I, I mean, I heard all the spiel from Tim Willis, you know. We, we've heard from him twice on this game. In person. In person. And, you know, he says, like, each different clan moves differently. And, you know, that's, that's cool when he's telling you. But when you're actually fighting them, like, it's really impressive, you know, like, especially those one guys that, you know, that, that, that flip over everything and, like, the... I mean, the, the, the characters themselves are a bit dumb. There's just a group of British people. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the post-apocalyptic environment. And you think this group of British people have banded together in American wasteland. I don't, I don't follow it. It gets tribalistic, man. Once the bombs drop, everyone's like, oh, where's the people from my country? I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen like that. But anyway. So have you uh, got a problem? I'm like, we're going to accept you. Have you got a problem with the, <laughs> the pretend openness that isn't really open between the different areas? No. No, I didn't. No, because I, I, I haven't really got much of an issue with that. Uh, it, it seems a bit faffy, like, like in the way. It's like, oh, I've got to go all the way over there. It, it, does, it does feel like they you know, try to get away with saying it was an open world. It, it's not an open world game. And for them to say that it was... I don't think they ever cheating. did. I don't think they I ever think they did, that. mate. They did. They did. But, the, uh, like I said, how else? Because obviously all those different, like you said, the enemies are different, the environments are different. How would they link those together? Otherwise, there's just no other way they could have done it. Well, they could have just like... Kind of, well, yeah, but that's boring. They could, they could have let you just follow in the missions a bit more. But, you know, like in Fallout, they give you a tutorial mission, and in Skyrim, they give you some tutorial mission, and they go, bye, off you go. You know, they don't... Yeah, let you yeah, find them naturally on your own. Yeah, and that would have felt more of like an open world game, because there's no structure then. With this, I mean, you can see, like, the, the, the missions, like, 
coming in order. Like, oh, this is the one where I get the wind sticks, and this is the one where I got this and this. And, you know, it, like, it's, don't get me wrong, I still like the game, and I, I don't really mind it, but, like, to call it an open world game is cheating a bit, and they, they're a bit naughty to do that, I think. I don't think they ever did. The, I still, I still, they did, they did. I don't think they, they did. ever said it was open world. I'll, I'll fight you to the death because they did. No. So, the, the thing that I'm getting bored of now, though, is the whole kind of environment, the sandy environment. And I would put up with it in Borderlands, right? Because Borderlands was new and cool, and I hadn't really seen that in a game before. But this, like, sandy environment, Borderlands, uh, Rage, give me another game that has this kind of... Um, Fallout? Yeah, Fallout. Fallout has a, a bit more grey to it, than which I don't mind, and a bit more kind of rural areas. But this... I don't know, I'm just kind of getting... I don't really like that. I don't know what it is. I, 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 like, a lot of desert and, you know, bald people shooting at you. <laughs> you know, and that kind of, um, like, cyberpunk, futuristic stuff going on. It doesn't really do it for me. And I put it up, I put up with it in Borderlands because it was co-op and it was loot and it... But with this, it's just a bit too much, I think, and I, I don't. I'm not a fan of it. It's, it's like how I'm not a fan of high fantasy. You know, it's just not my thing, really. And and it definitely feels like I'm just I don't know, just a bit put off by the whole aesthetic of it. But you've got to admit, it does look gorgeous. Oh, it's a fantastic look. Like, graphically, it's great. Like so well done. You know, like um, and it is impressive that it's all done by hand and everything's unique, and I get that. But, like, just the kind of vibe of it, if you know what I mean? You know, that, that feel, the atmospheric feel of it doesn't really, like, do anything for me. It doesn't excite me in any way. And I, I was listening to some other podcast where I, th- I think it was a girl or something, and she was saying, uh, like, how she loves the Borderlands kind of feel and the, the, the music and all that. And it just doesn't do it. You know, the same way someone would love you know, Oblivion and Skyrim and High Fantasy, you know, who Steve Conger from The Gamesman loves that stuff. Loves, like, the High Fantasy stuff. Not my thing at all. Just, and I, 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 that's what's putting me off Rage, which is a shame, because it seems like it's going to be a good game. But, uh, I mean, I'll finish it, you know what I'm like. Oh, yeah. But, it's For the record, the Wikipedia article describes the genre as semi-open world. There you go. Which is probably right, I guess. Which was probably filled out after the game came out because it was probably open world before the game came out because they said it was. Uh, real. I don't ever remember. Yeah. I mean, we've like you said, and I know that like, you sort of saying that he did, but Tim Willis never said it was open world. As far as I, from the two times we saw him speak about the I game, remember that, he said you could drive around and stuff, but he never described it as open world. I remember this game being talked about in two thousand and eight, and it was described as an open world. Uh, uh, id software game and people was excited because it was yeah, open world not but like. maybe they didn't say that well where did they get that from then well people make god lovers people are always putting t- so one yeah, id software must have said I, it's open world and maybe it was at that point maybe they changed it up I don't know well there you go they said it was open world um <laughs> anyway uh the, it's a good game Rage is a good game and if you if you love the aesthetic of Borderlands and you think that's so cool and I really enjoyed you really enjoyed that then you know, Rage is, is, is going to be a great game for you. You know, the wind sticks are cool. The guns feel good. The animation on the character's hands when you move and reload, it all feels great. The sound is good. The enemy AI is good. There's a lot of great stuff, but it's like me playing Skyrim, you know, how 
I, I really enjoy Skyrim. I think it's a great game, but it's not really my thing. It's not my... I don't like that kind of genre. And that's what I'm feeling with Rage at the moment. I don't like, you know, grey, like, um, yellow and orange sand and, like, that, that kind of stuff doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, which is weird, because Fallout is, I suppose, a bit like that, but it's a bit more rural and there's more city. Well, we'll, and... we'll see how you feel when you get to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've, I'm, I'm expecting that. You know, I know that's coming, so I'm not really holding out for the ending. I'm just going to enjoy the game as it is. And, yeah, it's a good game. You know, the wind stick. When you throw a wind stick at someone's head, that's just so much fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Excellent. And that's you done, I guess, is it? I think you've managed uh, to get through your... Oh, I played FIFA Street. Oh, yeah, that's at the top. I'd miss that because that's right at the top of your list and you never mentioned it. Playing FIFA Street, and FIFA Street is a pretty good game. Now, look, p- people who play FIFA don't really like... They, talk all, they always talk bad about FIFA Street. They never really like it. And FIFA Street doesn't really... Isn't really a popular game over here. Believe it or not, it doesn't do that well. Um... But I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Uh, yeah, we got FIFA Street. No, screw that. Well, I think, yeah, I think when uh, the first well, one came out, it got slated by the critics as well, didn't it? The original FIFA Street. And I think maybe they've just got better at it. Uh. I think, I did, like, the last one that came out was all like, there was like caricatures. And they, that, I mean, that didn't go No, it got slated. Well. So this doesn't look like yeah, but that. That, 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 wasn't, that wasn't the first FIFA Street. Oh, that's the one I remember, though. There's the, the, I think this is about the fourth FIFA Street to come out because uh, there used to be ones on the PS2 and the other Xbox, and this one's got more realistic. I mean, it it, it basically is like a realistic freestyle football game, um, and there's loads of skills to learn, and it's quite deep and cool, and everything looks flashing, and it's based on points as well as goals, and you know you play as like some of the best players in the world, like Messi and stuff. So, you know, I, I, I thought it was okay, but I, you know, I'm not really a big football guy. Don't tell anybody at Aston Villa because I do work there sometimes. But you know, I, <laughs> uh, I'm not a big football guy, so uh, it's not a very popular opinion amongst FIFA enthusiasts. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool game. So yeah, excellent. I, I, it's, it's on my rental list. I put it on my rental list. I thought, you know what, I, I enjoyed that, so I'm going to play it. Very good. Yeah, very good. Tried yeah. The demo. I saw it. I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Try, try it, Duke. It's fun. Yeah, I might. Definitely rewarded when you pull off a trick, and they're not all that hard to do. So, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the record. Uh, Todd Holland's head, one of the developers of Rage, gave an interview to Shack News along with Tim Willits, and apparently it's hard to tell who's talking where because this is not formatted very well. But I believe this is Todd Holland's head speaking. Uh, oh no, no, sorry. This is Tim Willits talking here. Okay, so he says. As far as the more open world, it's non-linear but still story-driven. It has adventure elements, but I hate to say adventure because then people think of Monkey Island and it's not an RPG. I wish there was some word in between RPG and adventure where you have an inventory. You'll be able to drive around the wasteland and get out wherever you want. If you see a cave, you can explore it. Yeah, I mean, there are odd things. It sounds to me like he's describing it. Not really, because he's saying it's it's story-driven, and that's what he always said at the talks he was doing. He said, this is not an RPG. It is in no way an RPG. It is a sort of an open area that links all the different areas together, and that's how it's... So it's an open world. I'm not playing but that's not... That's meaning it's pretty open world. But that is true. That is exactly what it is. 
Yeah, but you're getting an open world mixed up. You're getting open world mixed up with RPG. I'm not saying it's an RPG. I'm saying it's an open world. Well, he said it's an, an open area that links all the other areas. An open area, an open well, world. It is though. That's exactly what it is. So you, well, there I, you go. I, 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 that is correct, then, isn't it? That is exactly what it is. But it's not open world. It depends what your terminology for an open world. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it's time for Vlados now. So uh, yeah, <laughs> let's see what she's got. <laughs> Fuck you, Vlados. Did that really work? Yeah, go for it. Okay. (laughs) An open world, right? No! (laughs) Shut up! Okay. The open world... Game review. Review. Yo, what up, honkies? So I realized that singing wasn't going to work out for me, because there's too many haters in the midst. So instead, now, I'm finna bust some funky lyrics. Ready? Here we go. Check it suck as it's blotted it off with the awesome sauce of cuss. I floss with the indie pics till you're sick till your wiki whack trick to get off my... <laughs> hey, what gives? I was just getting warmed up. You're such a hater, Duke. Whatever. This week's indie game is Retro Arcade Adventure. Don't you just love the hip new indie games which use old-style retro 8-bit graphics and appeal to your fond memories of yesteryear? Yeah, me neither. But this game has them. As for game mechanics, it's sorta like kill everything on the screen, and the enemies come in waves. Sometimes you're the same size as them, and sometimes you're a big huge guy with a big huge sword. And sometimes you're a dragon. Or something. The graphics are every bit as 8-bit as classic NES games. They don't get any more 8-bit than this, let me tell ya. The sound is cute and retro too, so, you know what? The whole thing is just using retro aesthetics. If you want a retro game, you won't find many on Xbox indie games. Oh wait, that's not true. (laughs) Well anyway, this game is way retro. Retro Arcade Adventure is 80 Microsoft points on Xbox Indie Games. Duke hating on me so he cuts me off but I know the listeners ain't got enough. Don't cough when I spit or you'll miss my flow. Oh. What do you know? I gotta go. Fresh for 2012 you suckers. Excellent. She got some skills on that mic. I ain't gonna lie. I know she's she you gotta keep it clean, Vladas. Come on. Yeah, come on. she gets better every week, though. I've got to say. Uh-huh. You know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So, what did you think then? I thought it was kind of like if um, Geometry Wars were done as a retro eight bit Zelda clone. That's what you'd get with this, and then suddenly you become huge. Do you know, I hadn't thought of it that you're way, dragon. but you're absolutely right. That's absolutely right. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, it really is almost a twin-stick shooter, but in disguise. Yeah, huh, I'd not thought of that, but that's kind of cool. Twin-stick basher, sort of. Yeah, I like that. I, top down. What I really... I mean, it's good as far as it goes. I just didn't think it went very far. What I really liked about it was something that I really liked, was, was that it had the number of enemies you had to kill as a countdown. I thought, that's kind of cool, because I know how many I've got left to kill now to get to the end of this wave. And I like that. I've never seen that before in any type of game like that. So I thought, yeah, that's cool, because it gives you a little target to aim for. So did, did you notice that at all? I did not notice uh-huh. that. Good call. Dude. Yeah, you see, I like that. I was like, oh, that's cool, because I know. Because so rather- it's a system. 
Kid! <laughs> because in most games, with those types of games, it's about scoring the maximum number of points you can score. In this game, it's about killing all the enemies until you get to naught. Which was cool. I like that. I like that a lot. And I liked all the little different power-ups that you got, and they all worked really, really well. And yeah, it was good. So, Chini, what did you think? Smash TV. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's another good comparison. Smash TV is a game that was released on the Super Nintendo. That's classic. Yeah. Uh, I buy that for the daughter, and <laughs> which is uh, a long Robocop. True that, and yeah, you know, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, it's about as fun, you know. It's about it's it's fun for about five minutes. Yeah. I think those types of games. You know, I played Smash TV. Any Microsoft points is, after all, how much? A dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Hey. So, you know, it's it's about what it's worth. So it's not bad, but you know, like any more than that. Would <laughs> it is and it isn't. <laughs> yeah, sort of. It sort of is. It sort of is. Sort of. Well, you either buy it or you don't. That's the name of the episode. Special Gamers, episode one. It is, one, it, is one. it or it isn't. It sort of. Sort of. It sort of is it isn't. Right, there you go. So, yeah, well done. It's good. It's good without that one, you know. But I've got to say, now, I don't know whether it's that people are stopping to develop games for all, you know, the old indie games. Well, they do seem to be getting a bit thin on the ground. There's not as many released in the week as there normally is, and I don't know whether it's slowing down a little bit, or people are getting pissed off with, you know, not getting the... You know, I don't know. It's a bit weird. Maybe. It's a bit weird, so we'll have to wait and see. I'll have to wait. Right. Um, okay, just to, just to follow on them. Good evening, and welcome to the middle of the film. <laughs> Uh, just to follow on from last week, apparently, um, yeah, Microsoft has come out and they've said there will be no next Xbox this year announced. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Now, interestingly, apparently they usually just stick to the no comment line and it's unusual for them to come out and say oh, this. I'm so happy they've said But they've said, while we appreciate all the interest in our long-range plans for the future, we can confirm that there will be no talk of a new Xbox hardware at E3 or anytime soon. It's a smart move, that is, because they've. You can see why they've done that. Because if they say that now, right, people aren't going to expect. They aren't going to be disappointed, are no. they? But if they never said that, when E3 comes along, it's like, oh, oh, is that all you got to show us? The Gears of War, the Bollocks Edition, you know? Or they've set the standard now. There's like, there's no new console, so just expect some games or maybe a bit of new hardware here and there. So, yeah, I think that's a small one. Well, they went on to say, for us, 2012 is all about the Xbox 360, and it's the best year ever for Xbox 360. The console is... Well, we'll, we'll see about yeah. that. The console is coming off its biggest year ever, a year in which Xbox outsold all other consoles worldwide. Uh, and then he went on to add, uh, build on that, the Xbox 360 momentum with Halo 4, Forza Horizon, and all its Connect lineup of games. Um, it's an unusually strong statement, as he go on to say, from the company, because they don't normally comment. So there you go. That's it. No new Xbox to be announced this year, so forget about it. Although it's actually a good thing, so I shouldn't play the sad horn. I should play the happy horn. Yay! Well, get over it, because it's not... uh... It's not. How good. do you feel about this, Stuart? Well, you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I want a new 
Xbox. You know, I want. Of course one. you do. Because I'm, I don't know. I'm like now, for instance, playing uh, Mass Effect Three. I've had to change the disc four times now, right? And I'm like, I mean, I'm in 2012. I shouldn't have to change discs to play a game. I want something that will play all of the game all in one go. I don't want to have first, to change. First of all, problems, man. First problems, meme. Well, you know, you know what I mean, though. It's it's annoying. It's it's, it's a minor inconvenience, but I hear you. I mean, it would be nice if we didn't have to do that. But let me ask it's you. Like this, I'm back you. in 1990 with my Commodore Amiga swapping floppy disks yeah, over. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, okay. So they put it on what some other format in the future? Yeah. yeah. Do you not think that they'll think, okay, so what? We have a disk that can hold, what, 100 gigs of memory right now on a random disk? I don't know the number. Let's just say it's 100 well, gigs on a disk. I stand the DVD holds about, if it's, depending on how much it's compressed, it's about, oh, it's about seven. seven it's about gig, seven yeah. gigs. So it's fine. So you have four disks. That's because it's seven gigs times four, right? So they made the game so big that they need to put it on four disks, right? So let's say the next thing that comes out to put games on, what, Blu-ray can hold more, I guess? And then about maybe 30. Okay. But they're going to eventually say, oh, well, we want this game to be 120 gigs, so we need four Blu-rays. You know what I mean? It's not like they're going to stop doing that because that's what they do is they just keep expanding the size of the game based on what the current technology will hold. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, th- there's got to be a cutoff point somewhere. It'll get to a point where, you know... Unless he goes super duper amazing. Press stop yeah. to play the game. Insert dish two. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like all the ships that they have. Know, where, where, faith that they will at some point reach equilibrium with the amount of storage that they have. Yeah, and it's like on the Simpsons where Mil- Milhouse is like blown away by the game. It's like, I've only put in my name. Thrillho. Yeah. You know, and that and that's the thing, you know. I mean, but just going back to the Blu-ray, a, a dual layer one's about 60 gigs. So, you know, a triple layer or whatever, you know, it depends how many layers they have on the disc as well. Uh, you know. I'm just saying know. at some point I, I don't think this will ever end. I think at some point you'll always have companies this that, is are, the oh, song that never Well, it's interesting. I mean, even even if you take it back to something like OnLive where you stream the game, They've got to have yeah. that physically saved somewhere on the server, you know, so that's still got to use up memory at their end, even if it's not using up memory at your end. It just yeah. goes on and on. Admittedly, if it turns to something on live, that'll be a game changer. That'll You won't have to worry about how big it is, because it won't matter to you. No, but it would have to, ultimately, to a, to a certain extent, it's going to have to, because, like you say, if games keep getting bigger, right? And you go to a download service like Steam. What's Steam going to do eventually? Because Steam, as these games get bigger, you know, you don't want to have to download 30 gigabytes or 40 gigabytes. Yeah, but 30 gig won't be as much as it is now, if you know what I mean. I mean oh, it's all relative to speed of download. The transfer speeds, as long as the transfer speeds keep yeah. increasing, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 10 years ago, you tell someone, I'm going to download a gig, they'd go, oh my God, you're going to just set it up before you go on a week's vacation, I guess. Good, good so, luck, future boy. Yeah. No, I agree. Hey, your your modem is going to get burned out. You're going to have to turn it off and turn it on again. <laughs> we don't do that, dude. dude I got on Meg Internet shit. I got a 14.4 baud modem. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I love doing the math for my students. When we talk about the slowest DSL connection right here. My first modem, 2400 baud, was like 800 times slower. You kids don't know how good you have it, man. Yeah, and the original, did you know this? I don't know whether you knew this, but the, obviously the 1K memory of the original ZX81, yeah. uh, the Google logo is about the same size. 
There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's what my first computer had. <laughs> the same right. amount of computing memory right. as a Google logo. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, and, and I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Keep waiting, I guess. But I am pleased by the news that there will be no... No new Xbox announcement this year. That's the end of. Because I have a lot of backlog to get through. And look, by the sense of it, I need to get cracking in 2012. There you go. go. Right, you you, you want to talk about something. What do you want to talk about, then? Yeah, the Smithsonian Museum of American Art uh, just opened a video game exhibition. Have you all heard about this? Yep. Yep. I've seen it on the side. You put it on the side, didn't you? What's you that? put it on the on the website, didn't you? Oh no! Did I? No, Essel Hatch. Essel oh no! Oh, oh! Didn't she? Or did she? I don't. Know. I don't pay attention to the website. Anyway, I was looking <laughs> at the list of what games are being featured in this exhibition at and the Smithsonian American Art Museum. This is a pretty big museum. Like this is a pretty big deal that they have this exhibition about video games because it definitely says like, well, hey, the Smithsonian thinks they're art, so screw you people who don't think video games are art. Anyway, I was looking at the list of games that they've featured, and I just thought some of them were very interesting because it seems that they want to have certain categories in every uh, platform. They want an action game, an adventure game, a tactics game, and a target game. And those categories are somewhat loosely defined, whatever. It's just funny to see what games they select because they're not necessarily representative of what were most popular. For instance, the PlayStation 1, they're featuring Metal Gear Solid. All right. Okay, good. Makes sense, right? Final Fantasy Tactics for the tactics game. And not a lot of people played that, I don't think, but whatever. Uh, Final Fantasy 7. Duh. And then Einhander. What is that? I have no idea. I was hoping one of you knew nope. what Einander is. No idea. Yeah, so that's weird. Uh, no. PlayStation 2, Shadow of the Colossus, awesome. Good. Gradius 5, I guess. I never played it, but whatever. Uh, Okami, ugh. And Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. That's an okay mix. Uh, this was good. The Microsoft Xbox, the first Xbox, right? Halo 2, okay. Fable, duh. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell makes sense, and then Panzer Dragoon Orta. I've heard of that, but <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, me? I've heard of that. I don't know what it is though. <laughs> and then this is the best one. All right, and this will be my last one. Uh, the Xbox 360 Bioshock. Good, good. We like that. Awesome. Geometry Wars. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Mass Effect Two. Awesome. Yeah. Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth Two. You are joking. <laughs> that's like one of these things is not like the other one of these things just doesn't belong so do you think they were sponsored by anyone to put this here exhibition on <laughs> I don't think so but I think they were really reaching especially later on for like tactics games because there really aren't a lot of tactics games that are very popular anymore yeah that seems like Halo Wars would have been better wouldn't it yeah I mean I think they were worried that they're going to lean too far in one direction or another and uh, there's a lot of things going into, you know. Uh, no, as we know, people. as we know, consoles are really built for strategy games anyway, are it's, they? It's true. So anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. That's it. No, that's cool. We're liking that, you know. And I think this should be celebrated more. What did you have for the PS3 then? Uh, I just closed the tab, but give me a second and I will open Because you didn't mention again. that. Come on, you've got to mention them all. I did not mention Well, I could go through all of them. I didn't want to waste well, people's no, time. PlayStation 3. All right, Uncharted 2. Yeah. 
Flower. Of course. Excellent. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> Heavy rain. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I can see why. For adventure? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not no, adventure. I can see why. Jason. Jason. Oh, what an exciting adventure. Whatever. Jason. And then Brutal Legend for tactics. Do you know, no matter what, you you know, your derogatory comments regarding Heavy Rain, you know, and, and you've made a lot of them. Yes. No other game has ever made me feel like that section going down the freeway. You know what? You brought this up, Stu. The wrong way. Then anything section. Go ahead. What? what section? The section where you're going down the freeway the wrong way. No, no other game has made me feel like I felt playing that section. Yes. It, it's very powerful. And I've said that before, and I'll admit that. But here's the other thing I just noticed. It, I, mentioned, I noticed it before, but I didn't think I'd mention it. But since you bring it up again, I think, Stu, you take the title of the most sensitive gamer in our midst. Because... Every game that has the intention of like getting you in the moment or making you connect with things, you're right there. You feel very deeply with all the characters and games, and I think that's an interesting thing to notice. Yeah, maybe I'm, I, I sort of yeah, I, sort of, I guess you. I'm wrong with being sensitive. I'm just, I guess you're sort of yeah. right. I, I I want to find that. I guess that's the problem because I want to find that when I play. I want to feel something about a game. I want to care about the characters. I, I, Not me. I like being a robot. I want to have no emotions at all. But I want that. That's what I want from games. I want to be, yes, be worried. Do you think maybe that your desire to have that experience makes you more likely to have it? Maybe. Because I think I have the exact opposite attitude of like, there's no way this game is going to achieve that. So as a result, I think I build a wall between me and the game. Like when I saw Blair Witch Project... That movie is naturally sort of engrossing, and it makes you feel intense. But I kept telling myself, it's just a movie, it's just a movie, it's just a movie. Like, I pulled myself out of it consciously, because I didn't like being all tense and nervous while I was watching the film. And I think I do that with some games, too. And I just wonder if you intentionally leave yourself open to it, whereas I think I close myself off to it sometimes. Maybe. I, do, I think we do view games differently to each other in, a bit, in, in quite a substantial way, you know, or a fundamental That's what way. what makes the podcast you. Yeah, no, I do think we do. You know, I, I am all about sort of feeling something when I play a game. That's what I want from it. I want to have an experience. Uh, you kissed a girl? That's so gay. <laughs> but I think as, you know, as many issues as Heavy Rain had, and it had lots of them, you know, I'm not even going to begin to say that it was brilliant, because it wasn't. Are you going to open up this fucking gem? <laughs> it isn't. But I felt more emotions playing that game than possibly any other game I've ever played. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I was definitely raged. Boredom, anger. Lots of different, yeah. massive range of, of emotions. emotions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it so was for very the... emotional after the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for the Wii, uh, action game. You can probably guess what the action game was. A Zelda of some description. No, that's the adventure. All right. Okay. Now Zelda. Uh, action game for the Wii. Which? Which? No, wait. Let's stick with Zelda. Which Zelda game? Ah, did they put in. Well, you... No, I would. I would sword you the fault. Nope. Twilight. Twilight Princess. <laughs> Twilight Princess. <laughs> Yes. Now, which action game? Just think of the first action game on the Wii. You, the first one that comes to mind. Conduit. Well, okay. The first action game <laughs> that most people associate with Nintendo. Uh, Who's their most iconic character? Metroid. Their most iconic character. The Duchess is yelling it from the kitchen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah. A plumber. He's a plumber. plumber, plumber. Mario? No, it's Luigi. A, it's Luigi. Luigi. No, it's Mario. That's not an action game. It's Mario Galaxy 2. Hmm. 
And then Boom Blocks is the target game, oh, and the tactics game for the Wii is Zack and Wiki Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure. That's a good game. I have not played it. How weird is that? Yeah. Windows, and this is the last one I'll do. Portal is the action game. Yeah. Flow is the target game. Boy, they're showing love to that game company, aren't yeah, they? That's a good game company, though, isn't it? That game. Fallout 3 is Adventure, and the tactics game, I don't know if I'd call this a tactics game so much as a building game. Mon- or a digging out, but yes, Minecraft. Minecraft, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yep, so that's it. Thank you, Smithsonian. There you go. Well done to them, sort of. I think they got some of it right and some of it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're never going to have everybody happy with the choices they make for an exhibit like that. Curating that sort of thing has got to be really tricky. I'd be very interested to know more about how they chose those titles. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Jeff Gertzman, as we know, Lots of rumors around his departure from GameSpot many years ago when, oh! when he when he <laughs> gave a bad review. <laughs> that was brilliant noise, though. I loved it. I'm by myself. When he gave a bad review for Kane and Lynch, uh, shortly afterwards he left. Wait a minute. Why did he get ex- thrown off the search, Jim? Well, were you excommunicated? Well, basically, GameSpot at the time. Said he hadn't been fired and nothing had happened. and he, Because they was advertising Kane and Lynch. So, basically, they running up to Kane and Lynch coming out, they had a banner of constantly on their website for Kane and Lynch. Boy, Kane of Lynch. Yeah. Kane and Lynch, yeah. not Kane of Lynch. That's a different thing. Now, <laughs> I don't know when you remember this, but it was very interesting because his review gave it 6 out of 10. Okay. Yep. Which was subsequently, when he disappeared and departed, was taken down and replaced with what? Strange. That gave it Strange. 8 Strange. out of 10. <laughs> right? So it was replaced with a new review. Uh, they gave it 8 out of 10. Speaking out of, of 10. people paying to get a better review. Well. Uh, anyway, the truth is out because this is the weirdest thing about all of this. Basically, he set up Giant Bomb, you know, so off he went, set up his own new website, new podcast, all that kind of... Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Well, that's now been bought by the company that owns GameSpot. <laughs> so, wow. so, talk about coming full circle. Um, and basically, they've decided as part of that move, you know, and that purchase that they have to, the truth will out, as it were. You're never going to speak in this town again, son. Yeah. So apparently he was sacked. He's come out that he was definitely fired. Uh, yeah. And he said that basically Caden Lynch publisher IDOS threatened to pull ad revenue from GameSpot as a result of his negative review, causing management to panic. <laughs> I that Gertzman was unreliable. So that's why, that's, that's why they actually got rid of him. See, and that makes me wonder about every review ever. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the public version of what happens when it all goes wrong, but that's not usually how it works. Usually how it works is the person that doesn't pick up on the fact, and they probably don't want to have to be told this. The management probably doesn't want to have to come right out and say it. But if somebody doesn't pick up on the fact that you don't give a bad review to a game whose publisher pays your rent, that person's not going to be working at that company for very long. I mean, I think... I was going to say. I was going to say. I was going to say. The, the only exception I think would be IGN because they're they're probably the biggest gaming website out there. Yeah. So they would have the power to go. What you know? What if you're going to pull the yeah. advertisement? Some other right. some other publishers just going to give us some more. So That's we don't cool. care. And when you when you get big enough, you might be able to do that. But yeah, I just yeah. Well, to be honest, uh, the, the the best the best example is probably Kotaku because they don't put scores on game reviews. 
So they don't actually score any game reviews. So they're not even. I thought they did. No, they're never featured at Metacritic because they don't score the game reviews. They do. But you could still give a bad review. Yeah, they could, but they don't actually put a number on it. Yeah. Now, in, so the, interestingly, yeah, yeah. interestingly, he he said this. His statement was this: uh, We did what an editorial team does. We did what we were supposed to be doing. We reviewed games. We instructed people about the quality of the games, and we were completely honest. This management team buckled uh, when faced with having a lot of ad dollars walk out the door. Uh, so that's that's. What was that? Because I mean, talking about kind of um, this is pretty pretty sad story, really. But like. Uh, there's a game that missed out on its... Balance. Well, I've got that. In, I'm just coming on to that because that's next uh, in the show notes. Way ahead of its that's in the oh, show notes. Shit. I was going to come to this, which is Fallout New Vegas, incidentally. Ah, there you go. Uh, and it missed out by one Metacritic point. Right? They basically said they would only get the bonus and royalties, etc., if it's Damn. over 85 at Metacritic. See, now, oh that, puts, that puts... See, that, that worries me because oh. that puts not only game developers in a in a very very crappy position yeah. but it also puts think about it it also puts reviewers in a very yeah, crappy position because they probably know developers they are probably friends with developers yeah but at the same time they have to give honest opinions it's their job to give their, their honest and valid opinion of their game so it puts them in a tricky position. It's like if, if a friend of theirs makes a game that they don't really like, they shouldn't review it. That's just the end of that. But even if they don't know the developers, then they think, well, I can't give it a low score because they might not get the fucking bonus they deserve. Do you know what the, the the sad thing about this is more sad than that even is that, you know, this is completely, you know, most companies, you know, and our company, you know, even the company I work for, bases bonuses on sales and when you've made profit. So the fact that Bethesda probably made a shitload of profit from Fallout New Vegas had no bearing on the fact whether they got a bonus or not. It was purely based on whether they got yeah, mess, you know, a decent man, that's, score. That's sick. You know, but so because I mean, profit would be a fairer way to. Do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sells well, well, then you get your bonus. Sells well, you get a bonus because we got more money. That's that's just the way. But a review score, and I you mean, do, you got to get royal. Period in a discussion. But the other nuts. issue is, and they've they've put this as a point here. Metacritics, they they view different scores from different sites as different scores on. Metacritic. Yeah. So if something's out of five, if I give something four out of five, that's an eighty out of a hundred. Yeah. And, and also, you know, look, one up has a whole kind of a, you know, plus B or something. Um, so that's all messed up. For apparently, as well, a seven at Game Informer does not mean the same thing as a seven at Edge. So they're, they're scored differently. No, of course it doesn't, because it's a different, it's a somebody's different opinion. It, it, and also, yeah. uh, the, the other problem is, there's a lot of sites on Metacritic that I've never heard of, which is yeah. probably written by Johnny... Bob's review site. I don't know, Johnny, I don't know how to play games or something. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. that guy is just like, oh, I don't... I don't like deserts. Four out of ten. Yeah, uh, Rage has got yellow in it, and I don't like deserts. Imagine <laughs> if I reviewed that game. I'd, ne- I'd be so scared. I'm so glad we don't have to write reviews. <laughs> well, I write the odd one, but I don't score them. You know, I just I just give an though. opinion on it. And it doesn't. Do- nothing depends on it. No, absolutely imagine, nothing imagine depends on it. Imagine if I did video yeah. reviews, right, and say if Chinny swears five times, you don't get your bonus in his video <laughs> review. Rage is fucking shit. I'll fucking dare it. Well, you know, if it's Russian accent, you get double the bonus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous, 
you know. Totally. It's like what Dana Gould said about being a bingo caller. He said, oh, being a stand-up comedian is a stressful job. And then he's like, you know what? There's no such thing as a non-stressful job. And then someone shouted out in the crowd, bingo caller. And he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. But then he thought, no, wait, bingo caller? Bingo caller? <laughs> that has to be the most stressed-out job there is, bingo caller? Every day you go to work and have the hopes and dreams of countless helpless and elderly people resting on your every move? Bingo caller? Just the sea of desperation. I'm seven. I need my medicine. N3. I hate you. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. One of my favorite things he's ever said in the stand-up community was um, when you have kids... Right, and then a friend rings you up who ha- doesn't have kids. Like, yeah. uh, rings you up at twelve o'clock. Goes, I'm so tired. It's twelve o'clock, <laughs> and I'm so tired. If I go to Starbucks, I get a frappuccino. <laughs> Love that. Uh, you know the worst thing about this is as well is that okay. I, w- I would imagine that the scoring down of most of those reviews was based on the bugs that the game had and the issues with that. And that was the fault of Bethesda and that was Bethesda's engine though as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That- so see, and this is this goes to, sh- and this is something we complain about in education too. When you attach insane high stakes to a number or some sort of simple form of measurement, it doesn't work, man. Because there's so many things to look at, and and when you're trying to make it simple, you make everything bad. So it, look, what you're saying is, if you if you did a survey or something, and or like some kind of observation or report back, and the stakes of that report were very high, that would put pressure on the people taking the report, doing the report, and it's an unfair report, I suppose, you know? Yeah. Or it's an unfair survey. The, the stakes um, affect the, the, the whole sure. thing, you know, affect yeah. the whole course. Yeah, so, and therefore, we have a Heisenberg principle, you affect something by looking at it, you can't trust what you see. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. I mean, the interesting thing, just the final thing to say, and this paragraph, I, I guess, sums it up, really. Um they say there's no such thing as an objectively good game, nor is there such a thing as an objectively bad game. We all secretly hate some games that are beloved by other people, and everyone has their favourite black sheep. I strongly dislike some highly rated games like Dragon Age 2 and fallen deeply in love with some poorly rated games like Sukadun 5. Should my personal opinion really be condensed into a mathematical formula to use to decide somebody else's bonus? Absolutely not. No. Uh, we all have. We, there's three people on this podcast, right? And we all we all have those games that people, other people, regard as terrible, right? Yeah. Just in this circle of three, just just terrible. those three. Yeah. You know, we we think me and Duke are not interested in Journey. We think it's like stupid, pretentious nonsense. But Stu, you think it's great, and I'm not saying that it's not great or whatever. That's not my point. But the you thing can't is, say that. It, it's just it's you know to if I review Journey. And their review was based on their bonus was based on my review. They would get a bonus. Right. If you reviewed it, Stu, they would. Correct. Yes, yeah, because nobody's wrong. It says there's no such thing as a definitely good game. It's even the subjectivity of it isn't just a, a, a consensus thing. It's based on what you like in a game, and no two people are going to agree a hundred percent on what makes a game good. And as a result, I mean, this is especially stupid for that reason. And here's the other thing. Bethesda made X amount of money on the game. Let's say $100 million. I don't know how much they made. But if they made $100 million, this is pure capricious decision whether or not they give a bonus. I mean, they, 
they're not going to be poor because they give these people a bonus. They decided not to do it just because they wanted them to do better in Metacritic. I think I think I, I worked it out a, a, a while ago. Like the best numeric review system, right? And I still believe it's out of five because for some reason people are scared to give something a ten out of ten because they think, oh, it's the perfect game argument. And we've just established there's no such thing as the perfect game. It doesn't exist because there's always going to be somebody who finds some problem with something, right? Even scoring, if you wanted to pick out the combat, whatever you wanted to, right? Uh, but for some reason, with the five stars, you can pick five out of five. It doesn't mean a perfect game. It just means a very good game. Yeah. So the, if, the, if you had to do a numeric review... It would be the five stars, I think. I think I think the biggest issue in Metacritic is that very thing because there's no consistency between all those websites that review games, and you cannot base a bonus on something that isn't no. consistent. Even they got to base it on the on, and it, it, it leads me to think that that like because Fallout Three sold very like really well, right? Mm. You know, they knew that it was going to sell well. They knew New Vegas was going to sell well, and it's like, well, it's going to sell, but. We're only going to give them a bonus if they, they get the, the high scores because we know it's going to sell. It could be crap and it's going to sell. And that's kind of what I think led them to that decision. But it was a very, well, the other, very The other thing is, and, and this is a point that I think someone made in the comments section, they, they pretty much patched that game pretty quickly after release. Anyway, some of the bugs that it may have been scored down for were, were fixed within maybe the first two or three weeks of the game releasing. That, that's just the nature of the beast. Like all... Like kind of those open world Bethesda games had the same problem. Skyrim, if you'd reviewed that on the PS3 yeah. day one, good luck. You know, it 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 that they all have bugs. Fallout 3 was terrible for bugs. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's still one of the highest rated games we've got this generation. It's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, you only have to look. No offense, Genie, but you only have to Grand Theft Auto 4, which has a multitude of 10 out of 10s. You know, yeah. and that game has issues. Even you'll admit that. Well, <laughs> well, what you mean by you? Well, no, no. To, to be fair, it does have some issues. It's too good. You know, what I mean? when something's too good, like you know, that's a problem. I'd love to. Like, I'll give eleven out of ten. I'd love I to know what the percentage of people who finished that game was. Well, I know how many people bought the game. Yeah, that is true. A lot of them. A lot of people bought that game. Okay. <laughs> oh, before we move on, I just noticed, I found a notice at the bottom of the Smithsonian website. It said uh, for the Nintendo 64, one of the categories uh, for target game, Star Fox 64 was the, and apparently there's a voting system. Uh, they said Star Fox 64 received the second highest number of votes. GoldenEye 007 was the winning game in this category, but it cannot be displayed due to copyright restrictions. Yeah, because that was rare, uh, rare around by uh, Microsoft I now. Uh, the game was published by Nintendo, and the uh, I think the rights to all Bond uh, films are now is Warner Brothers now, I think. Mm-hmm. So... To untangle that mess. But it's just interesting because if somebody were to go to this exhibit and see, where the hell is Goldeneye? They might be upset. Strange. Because I'm sure all three of them would love to brag about how great that game is. As well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it was right. a brilliant, brilliant game. Uh, What's next? Just, just, just on the back of subjectivity, etc. and people's opinions, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd mention Tom Bissell kind of likes Catherine in the weird sort of way. Just thought I'd mention that. You know, well, you know what? Everybody says something stupid. <laughs> Special friendly kind of like Catherine. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? He references something else. Beautiful. Is this in the show notes? I can't see it. <laughs> I didn't put it in there. 
Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but there's a link to it from the Mass Effect uh, sex scenes are awkward link. Oh, no. Enjoy oh. the veteran gamers next week when Duke loves. Because <laughs> he and I have disagreed about some games elsewhere, and uh, he, what else did he say? Oh yeah, he liked Fear Three too. Yeah, he liked that. See, he agrees with me on that. So, well, didn't you, didn't you send him a message saying like, "Hey, that's." He's obviously that's more in line with my way of thinking than yours, Duke. You know, making me not trust you as a reviewer, dude. <laughs> and then he goes. I was a little doleful that so much of the year had gone by without me finding my demon souls or deadly premonition. Gary lied, that as well. <laughs> deadly premonition. That is, huh? guy has oh, got yeah. taste. I definitely want another one of those. <laughs> he has that taste. You know, he has good taste in games. <laughs> now, to be fair, a lot of this review is sort of like damning with faint praise. Oh, yeah, for sure. There are times, I'm quoting from his review now, there are times when Catherine's sexiness, quote-unquote, feels profoundly retarded and times when it feels vaguely <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I can't disagree with him. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> but he kind of likes it, though. He did kind of like it. I love, I love how he... are long and frequent, but Catherine knows its cutscenes are long and frequent and does not care. That's right. <laughs> Again, I'll, I'll tick. tell you what. This is a ticket plus column. Tom Bissell has like this great way of saying exactly what you think, and then yeah, you yeah, read yeah. it, and then you go. A good writer, why, did, why didn't I think of that? I, I, that's exactly what I think, but I didn't yeah. think of, I couldn't think of it. He is right. I can't disagree with him, but he does kind of like it. <laughs> and he says in the end, Catherine is not going to be for everyone, but anyone who fails to be impressed by its audaciousness and sneakily hidden variety should be willing to entertain the possibility that the problem lies not with Catherine, but themselves. Exactly, Duke. Just remember that line. It's well, <laughs> it is true. Uh, okay, okay. Well, on that note, we do have loads of emails this week, so we need to get to it. Oh, email! Whoa, that rules. So, now, I don't know whether you want to share some of these, Chinny, because we've got a lot of them. So, anyway. All right. Give me, give me one to read. Well, you can read the first one from CP Matthew, because he sent two. You can read one, and I'll read the other. This one's called Word. Uh, right. I'm paid to lead. March the 13th it was sent on. So, go with that one. All right. Crystal Matthew sends one saying, a lame message title, I know, but I'm out of clever ideas for the year. Well, that's well, we're in March, so that's not going well for you. Uh, anyway, I'm glad Mr. Scath mentioned uh, the M113 APC when discussing the significant uh, significance of the number 113. Being a U.S. Army engineer, I'm very familiar with the M113 and would have been sad if he'd left it out. I was surprised I'm out for you, CPM. You were, you were just reading stuff off Wikipedia. You had no idea what it meant. Shut up, man. I wanted to think I'm cool. Yeah, M- M13. Yeah, engineer <laughs> blew shit up. Written in right. lots um, I was surprised, however, when you left out mess <laughs> effect uh, when discussing the emotion events in games. I don't recall ever having as an emotional response to a game uh, as when I realised I was being forced to choose between Williams and Alenko. I literally sat down the controller and shouted, man, this sucks, and took a breath <laughs> for a few minutes. In the end, I decided to save Williams the first time around because I needed a soldier squad mate to uh, complement my abilities. 
but I was still not happy about it. He should read Todd Bissell's Extra Lives because he goes through exactly the same thing. Uh, I know I am a week behind. A thousand pardons. Keep up the good work. CP. Now, you see, I, I don't remember being that bothered about making that decision. I just did he. Well, wasn't that right after you lost Rex? Yeah. <laughs> My best friend's yeah. gone. She kept <laughs> and she killed him. <laughs> yeah. So you thought- died, actually. I thought both characters were pretty boring. Yeah, so I, I wasn't that. I wasn't as bothered about that as I was about losing Rex. <laughs> yeah, well, I was very up. But it's what's, what's this fascination with? Stuff. What's this fascination with Garrus? Why does everybody love Garrus? He's cool because he's that silent killer type. Like he's stoic, uh, yeah. boring, but he's boring. cool and I don't know. I was listening to a podcast. Like, oh, I love Garrus. I think it was the Pliable, and. Um, they say, oh, Garrus is the best. I was like, what's Garrus? He just fucking stays in that stupid engineer room and he just goes, do you want to talk about anything, Shepard? No? Okay, well, I'm glad we're <laughs> such good friends. Yeah, we have such a riveting conversation. <laughs> I liked him better in 2 when he was all kind of beat up and all his suit was mangled and stuff. Yeah, I saw, there was a good meme recently that said, oh, an arrow to the knee? Well, I took a rocket to the face! <laughs> there you go. There you go. See? Emails. I kind of like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree there was moments in it, but for me, it wasn't an emotion, that emotional a game. Apart from the Rexit situation, I was very emotional. I think Bioware does a very good job of, of, of developing some sort of relationship with the characters and then playing with that, like kind of tugging at it, you know what I mean? Been. I've talked about how when Morrigan took off in, sorry, spoilers, yeah. uh, in Dragon Age 1, that really affected me. So. I would agree, but I think sometimes they, they try and force it too much and it's a bit hamistic. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and especially if you know there's going to be a moment like that in every Bioware game, you're kind of ready for it. You know, you brace yeah. yourself. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I don't know, I've talked about this before, but Catherine, you know, when... Oh. when you had me and you lost. I know, yeah, but when you when you having to decide how to reply to the text messages you get in that game, that was hard work, and I was like, I don't know how best yeah. to reply to this. Do you say you look really hot or just hot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's like lots of it's like, and hard yeah. work. I mean, when you find out there's like eight different endings and mate, and they're not that different to each, and she's only fourteen, yeah, and she's only fourteen, too. and you feel a bit dirty, but it did make you wonder how how they would interpret. No, I just made that up. I was oh, like, damn, about that's, that's rough even for a Japanese game. <laughs> and it, yeah, she's definitely some stuff going on that shouldn't be going on anyway. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I, I can I can see that. I can see that. Anyway, email. Moving on, next one uh, from Peter Gibbons, and he says, "Stupid reason for a day off." A few friends have taken days off work for a new game release, and to non-gamers, and even some gamers, this seems a little overkill. I'm looking to go one better. Taking a day off for DLC. Yes! <laughs> when Civilization V Gods and Kings update drops, I'm definitely going to take the day off. That's stupid, right? <laughs> but I can't help myself. If not, what is your definition of stupidity? Wasting a holiday. <laughs> no, that is that is really stupid. <laughs> well, wasting a holiday? No, or taking a day off for DLC. <laughs> It is, and I think it's ridiculous to take a game off, a day off for the game. Like I've never done that. Have y'all done that? Yep. No, I've never done it for a new game. I've taken a day off work to play games. Really? Yeah. I've never done that. I've had a day off work. I've done it. I don't think it's stupid if it, like, because I'm I'm quite like a, uh, I'm like a homely person, you know. I'm when I'm, I'm like <laughs> Jerry. The price of eggs. Like like jo- Jerry Seinfeld said. 
you when you all people want to do is go out, and when they're out, they all they want to do is go back home again. Of all right, all right. They go out and they go. Oh well, guess I gotta go. You know. Um, you mean you like to stay home, Chinny? Yeah. When you said homely, that's a synonym for ugly. I was like, what, is, what are you talking about? What does that matter? <laughs> that is true. You are a homely guy, Chini. It is true. <laughs> so you're a homebody. You like to stay home. Okay, I got you. I got you. Both are true, right? So, uh, you know, I like kind of being... Completely irrelevant to this discussion. I like being indoors. I'm ugly, right? so I like to stay home and play games. He's a home bird, is what he's saying. He likes to be a home. Yeah. Right. So, I don't mind the fact that you know, taking a day off work. I think the gra- the best way to spend a week off work is just playing video games or, you know, yeah. I don't mind going out the house now and again. Like, I'm not... What you've, got, what you've got to understand, Duke, is, you know, he, he is a closet geek. You know, really. He wants to be in a cellar, right? Painting. <laughs> painting it. The idea characters. Of, <laughs> the idea of having a week just... Just to, the idea of having a week just to games is so just sounds so great because I never get any time. That's, because that's my spring break every week, every yeah. year, every week. Yeah, every so, year I get weeks off so I can do with that. So maybe that's why I don't like call in sick. Maybe, maybe. And also you get like a, a summer off, I suppose. I get as well. summer. Off. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just. Um, yeah, I don't mind. To me, that doesn't. So I think he's stupid. Chinny thinks he's fine. Oh, I think like if people can spend, well, if they book a day off, they can do whatever they want with that day off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like if you book a day off, and I just think calling in sick is a little. No, bit no I don't think, I think he's. No, I think he's. He's, no, he's talking about oh, taking. Said, a, I'm entitled to some days off every once in a while. Yeah, he's taking a holiday. Oh, well, that's fine. I don't think that's a problem. I think because I do know people who have called in. I have students that do it. And they're oh, like, yeah. you'd expect the oh, student. It was sick yesterday. Don't lie to me. I know when Modern Warfare Three comes out. Damn it! Yeah, you're. I mean, you're the worst person for to, to someone to do that to you, aren't you? Because like, you exactly. know, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what's coming out when, and I know you're lying. You're talking about you're sick. Uh, so when you sick when you self employed Modern Warfare Three, see when you self employed, it's really hard to kind of ring in sick. <laughs> yeah, you got to do a real good job oh. convincing yourself that you're ill. Oh. oh or it could be really easy. All right, you know, oh, Mark, I'm really sick today. Too easy. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sick oh, too. Well. <laughs> Let's both stay home. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So so there you go. Yeah. Well, so, Chinny, if you don't think that is stupid, what would you think was stupid then? Because he asked, what well, you know, if that isn't stupid, what is? What is stupid for what? Well, he, he, yeah, what's more stupid than that? Murdering someone <laughs> for um, wasting a holiday. So, so what's stupidly wasting a holiday then? If that isn't, you know what's wasting a holiday, right? You take two weeks off work, right, and then you plan something. You spend a lot of money to go abroad somewhere, and then you get all stressed because you don't know what you pack. Then you have to buy new shit. Then you have to go to a place where loads of like, big tin aircrafts go in the air, right? And then you have to wait there for ages, and people just pretend that they enjoy it. And then you get on the plane, and you get stick next to someone who just falls asleep because I could never fall asleep in public transport. And you go to the place, and then you wait a whole day just to get on some stupid coach or something. Go to a hotel, they don't treat you nicely. Go to a hotel, and there's cock is there. Go to a hotel and it doesn't look like it does on the photo. Go there, pretend to be interested in the local, I don't know, some kind of history that you just don't care about before you got there, but you might as well look at it because you're there now. Enjoy the weather briefly. Go on the beach. Wait till well. And then once a week there's an excursion to the local Roman ruins where you can buy cherry aid and melted ice cream and bleed and what in his red barrel. <laughs> They take you to a local restaurant with local colour and rack colouring, and they show you then you sit next to a party of people from real who keep singing Tare Molinos, Tare Molinos. 
Go to a beach where you where you feel guilty. Slacky like never stops. Think, well, I might as enjoy the the weather now I'm here. Then you quickly realise that lying on the beach is fucking boring because you're next to a lot of people that just don't obey the t- that obey the tell rule. Then you come back, you get mixed up on the coach, and you don't find the right coach back. Then you go back to the airport, and you go back home. And when you get back home, you think, oh, that was a great holiday. God, I wish I had another couple of days off just to recover from the holiday I just had. You know what's more stupid than that? That that's stupid to me. I would rather stay home. Yeah, but have you got something that's more stupid, though? No. <laughs> Even visiting the wall at number 22, where the wonderful R room marked with an X. Right. Cheating. <laughs> Please. That's a great sketch. You, you can read uh, the next email from Jason Golliher. His proper email for this week, not the one to annoy Duke. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just you've got to read the title, because I thought his title was brilliant to his email. Okay, would you kindly... Romeo and Juliet kill Hal. Great. Kill Hal? Yeah. It's great. Hey, VGs, most anticipated this year, I'm going with Bioshock Infinite as number one. There will not be a better game this year. Wait and see. Number two is Hitman, because I've played them all, and they are very underrated. As for Mass Effect 3, I did hear... Sorry, I hear the DLC is uh, crucial, so I will wait for a price drop before picking it up. Uh, bravely default flying fairies my number three seriously stop laughing look up these videos for this 3ds game it's a story it's a story it is storybook gorgeous damn this game is beautiful and highly aesthetic yeah still battalion looks incredible but i can't get a connect because i have a hyper dog uh or you could get a connect and he'll be very good at playing the game for you uh, and ghost recon maybe I really wanted The Witcher 2. Seems like it has an engrossing story, but then I watched a video review that showed what seemed to be tasteless sex. Yeah, it's, it's European. There's a lot of that in it. <laughs> I would uh, be ashamed to play this in front of my wife, in brackets. In, in yeah, I think he means that. My, my wife. My wife. My wife. I, I just like, uh, I don't know what he meant. It's like, it just led me to think that he hasn't got a wife or something. No, I, I think uh, he's like, him, like as in we say, my wife. It's like, play this in front of my wife. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. Anyway, uh, the game is highly acclaimed. Uh, is it deserved or is this just a nerd fantasy? The answer to that, from me, is I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, know. It looked kind of, it probably we saw it, it looked cool, didn't it? <laughs> it probably is deserved, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the frog... Fly indie game was shit. Uh, Troy Retro he, Arcade Adventure or not? We took, we took his advice, but I'd, I'd sort of looked at that as it was anyway, because there wasn't a lot else, to be honest. Uh, and though I agree with Duke on the human-slash-robot relationship, I am partial to artificial intelligence computer systems. But soft. Um, what light through yonder window no breaks? Break. It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. I am the moon, and Vlados and Glados are my son. Hey, Vlados, have you ever played <laughs> Hot Potato? No, not Hot Potato HD on the Xbox Indies. Hot Potato is a game where you toss Glados. Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, by the way, my dog used to eat my cat's shit. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, he has a blue shit in every email, doesn't he? Hey, we're doing so well. 
Ben took weeks to train him not to do that. Xbox should have a dog trainer game that is better with Connect. I think it's coming. Wait and see. Anyway, his breath was horrible. Still is. No one cares about your dog's feces. Oh, go on, go, go on. I mean, I'm sure Vlados has some nice things to say to him because he's obviously got a hankering for Vlados. You suck. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you for the. I love his emails. I think they're brilliant. Of course you do. <laughs> awesome emails. Glad I said something else she wants to say. That's the way your real people like to floss it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason. Keep them coming because I love your emails. They're brilliant. Thanks. Um, they are. Okay, next one's off. Uh, CP Matthew again. Here we go. Oh, God. I know. Two in one week. And this one's entitled Mass Defect. He says, hello, gentlemen. I apologize for sending two emails for the same show, but I'm catching up and I wanted to provide some thoughts on Mass Effect 3 while it is still relevant. First, on the subject of Kalisa Bint Sian Al Jilani. There you go. I had no idea that's what she was called. But that's the annoying reporter on the Citadel. So that's... That's her full name, apparently. Um, While it is tempting to punch her in the face straight away, if you miss the second Renegade prompt, she will knock you on your backside. Yes, I believe she does punch you if you don't get it in in time. She's fighting back No, she punches you back. Uh, Quite a funny moment. However, if you play the Paragon and wait for her to finish, you get a chance to win her to your side and gain her media influence as a war asset. Yeah, until the next game comes out, and then she's back at it. Yeah. Second, on the subject of the ending, no spoilers, but I don't see what all the fuss is about. Did Bioware lay it out and say, this is exactly what happened? No. They left quite a bit up to your own interpretation. I have gone back and forth about what I think it means, but isn't that an indicator of a good story? What do you think, Duke? You're the, you're the story, man. What do you think? Um, I'd have to play it. I don't know. I can't say. Yeah. Anyway, I finished the campaign on Insane, so don't fear the Reapers. There's your cue, Duke. Hey, Bell. Impressive, Duke. I'm going to say you're right on the money as always. Thank you, thank you. Overall, it wasn't too bad, but there were some very tough spots. I struggled with the final battle, even at level 58 of 60. A well-constructed campaign with some very cool cinematic scenes. Chinny, try to play this one in 2012 because I will eventually spoil the hell out of it. Cheers, guys, and keep up the good work. CP, so thank you very much for that. Very much for that. Uh, Now, the last one, Chinny, is very personal to you, in a way. So I'm going to let you read it. There you go. I gotta have more cowbell. Seasons don't feel the Right, uh, hey, shoot, shoot, chitty. Uh hope you are all well. Extremely happy with the new intro. I sing it all the time. This email is for Mr. Surface Lizard. Hi, darling. Uh, thank you for sending me to sleep oftentimes. Uh, this may sound as though I find you mind-numbingly dull, but do not fear, as it is your soothing voice that sends me soundly to sleep on occasions I can't fall asleep. And, of course, I'm always sure to listen properly when I'm fully awake. You are strange and I like you. High five from Ballet Bunny. Kiss, kiss, kiss. So for anyone who doesn't know who that is, I guess you should explain. But I don't know who that is. Who that's you? <laughs> Come on. Come clean. 
Hello, it's, darlings. It's Zahara Mattis. Who is? Yay! Your girlfriend, yay! She, uh, she loves uh, Surface Lizard's voice. I just find it weird that she listens to our show. <laughs> you know what? She listen, She she makes it a big deal now that she listens. Like, she... Before, I was kind of like, oh, you know, this podcast I do and everything. And she would tune in, you know, you know, and you can tell, like, the women are just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of make him happy and listen. But now she's, like, genuinely, like, putting the podcast on her. And she loves, loves the new intro. Absolutely loves it. Yeah, it's good. No, we love it. You know, I think it's great. Oh, no, and her no, favourite no. bit what? is... Just a taste, man. You have to listen to the show again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I did finally find this. What was that? You don't I know was Don't Fear the Reaper, but what was it? What was it? No, it's not, it's not, not very big in England, mate. It's not very big. All right. At the end of the show, we'll play it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, thank you for that. Right <laughs> Back to the end of the show. If you don't know what that is, people, stay tuned. We love Saturday Night Live. He's not very We love the emails. Anyway, yes, no. I've got to say, sadly as it is, it is the end of the show pretty much. You know, we've... we've oh, man. I know, we've covered the games we've played, we've covered the emails, we've covered the news, and we've talked to it now. They want us to keep going for another two hours. I know. But we, I still got to read the rest of this yellow wallpaper story. And, and to be honest with you, there's lots of news stories we never covered. We never covered. And that's very fair to do yellow wallpaper during this I'll show. I'll tell you what. Hey, Same. Duke, play the intro again one more time. Let's start the whole podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> but for instance, to the God, we never covered the fact that Portal 2 won the BAFTA for best game in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obvious. We never covered that. Tom Bissell thinks that sex scenes in Bioware games are awkward. We didn't cover that. Well, of course they're awkward. That. I thought Dragon Age 1 did a pretty decent job with the sex scenes. We didn't cover... That the Elder Scrolls is making an MMO. Or be- <gasps> MMO. We never covered that. Maybe these are things we'll t- talk about in future shows. Maybe. Not Maybe. this week. Or things that we'll forget yeah. about. And the final <laughs> thing we never covered. We never covered. We never covered that Jonathan Blow uh, is getting lots of pretentious praise for his new game, The Witness. And it's a bit like Mist. It's like Mist. It's a little Mist makes me want to play it. But you know what? It's Jonathan Blow makes me not want to play it. I'm Jonathan Blow and I like games. Let's say this. There is and there isn't. (laughs) There is and there isn't. My game is sort of like a game, but it's not like a game. But So think of a game that you thought, wow, that's like a game. (laughs) But it's not like a game. That's my game. The Witness. Witness the fitness. Unfortunately, those are the things we didn't cover. And, and I guess at that point, we need to do some shout-outs and get the hell out it's of it. for a Colbert Report shout-out. Hey! <laughs> so, Ginny, to you first. We'll let you go first. I, I knew you'd I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to do it. Uh, do it. Oh, I, I'm going to shout. I do have people to shout out, but I have to time their names on this. Right, on the Twitter thing, uh, there's some funny tweets going around and a hashtag that I'm a big fan of. Um... It's called the hashtag is Chinny is always right. <laughs> uh, I've not seen that hashtag. So, so yeah, it's it's on the front page. So John May started it off saying, "I rented I rented Deus Ex. It was shit. Sorry." Hashtag Chinny is always right. <laughs> really? um, and then you know Tracy Fishlip saying, "All right, John, hope you well. Um, glad you hated it as well. Eight pound wasted. 
hashtag Chinny is always right. Chinny is always right, says Gaggy Crimes. Helene Wall, Game of the Year, he was in denial. Um, And then John changed the hashtag to Chinny is usually right, apart from Helene Noir. Uh, (laughs) The point of hashtags Uh, is to make it concise and easy for people to remember. Greasy Fishlip says, well, um, I'm waiting for him to shit all over Skyrim when he gets that too, but Greasy Fishlip forgets that I've already paid played 25 hours of Skyrim so I fussed for data him and I actually enjoyed it after 8 hours of gameplay that's right, it only took 8 hours to get into it um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and basically Maverick was saying well he'll probably hate Skyrim so everybody forgot that I actually played Skyrim but Maverick said he'll probably hate it because he has uh, wizards and swords and shit, as I recall him saying so I uh, keep up the hashtag Chinese always right, I'm a big fan of that one uh, and we'll use it on insurance when people say I'm wrong now to be fair, my shout-outs also involve Twitter, um, and it's also Chinny's fault. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, everybody was saying that I owe the mate yeah. because I said I, lo- I was enjoying Deus Ex, and apparently people buy games when I say I like them, right? And then <laughs> Let me just go um, this. When, I, when I turned it round and said, oh, I, I think it's shit now, People was like, oh, well, you are, we eight quid. And oh, the title of last week's show. Um, <laughs> so basically, yeah, I mean, this all started off because Ginny said, uh, and this was Maverick F20 and Greasy Fish Lips, look, we all know that it's Stu's fault. Don't ask me why, but it's just easy to blame well, that, him. right? That was me, I think. So you put that. Yes, this is what you put, right? And then the conversation yeah. went on. Okay, this is from Maverick F20. Okay, I agree. Let's blame Stu. Let's make him give us eight quid back, <laughs> right? And then Greasy Fishlip. No, he also said, "Will do, Stu. You owe me eight quid as well, right?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah I've diverted this whole thing." To I know. Stu. So then I said, "It gets better." So I sent one back saying, "Look, if you come to Eurogamer, I'll buy you a drink as compensation for Chini's missing." You know, you know. that's. You know, that's bullshit. I know, I would do. I would do. And then Marty said, which is Greasy Fish, sorry, Stu, uh, I'm assuming he meant I don't drink. I don't drink, but a mention on the show would be cool. So there you go. There's a mention for you. And then and then the Maverick F20 went on to say, uh, last week, Chini loved the game, but now he hates it. And then I said, and then he replied to my drink thing saying, okay, if I can make it, I'll hold you to that. Right, and then and then Greasy Fish as well. To be honest, you, I think you've done me a favour. I'm still playing Sky. So then he's actually believing it's my fault <laughs> at this point. <laughs> to, I've done him the favour. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so there you go. So it's I'm very good at like doing that in the. <laughs> oh. So there you go. So um, yeah, thank you for blaming me for your misdemeanour, telling people different parts of like one minute of the game's good and the next minute it's shit. There you go. Well, that's not my fault. Either. At least, at least I stick to my opinions. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I'm hey just a, a game could stop all I'm saying. good and then turn into bad. All I'm saying. You've done that, where you have an opinion when you first start, and then you realize later that you like it. I've had no. I guess I've, I've had opinions on demos, and then played the full game and thought it was different to what I thought the demo. Never changed mind after a few hours in a game. Mm. Well, you know what? Yeah. That suggests that maybe you don't have an open mind. Well, maybe you yeah. pick up your mind at the beginning of a game and then you just stick to yes. it. That's not, that's not yes. That's not what you want. Yes, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, go. for instance, Rage is it. I guess Rage is an example of that. Cause I li- but I'm prepared to see the bad points on the good point because I like Rage most of the way through and then the ending was a bit crap, right? Well, that's what Jimmy's saying. It's a, he gets all the ga- but, points out of the way first and then he says, but, all right, I'm done. I would shit. overall say I enjoyed the game, you know, even though it was... You know, yeah, well, yeah. What I would say is, 
if you're going to go on my opinion, wait until I finish the game. First. Maybe. Maybe. And if you're crazy enough to listen to me, then maybe you need help. So, yeah, them are my shout-outs anyway. And, and all the listeners, shout-outs to all you guys for listening to us for some weird reason. There you go. Also, you should buy Heavy Rain at full price. And if they're selling <laughs> it at £20, then you should just give them a £20. Attention listeners, do not buy Heavy Rain at full <laughs> you should price. buy Heavy Rain, Flower, Journey, Deadly Premonition, and Catherine. You know, you play all of those and put them in a big pit of death. All at the same time. Uh, so yeah shout out to all of those great games there you go and and over to you Duke yeah my shout outs include the following Uh, everybody showed up at the Killzone 3 play day it was a lot of fun Stu thanks to you Woody Shackler and Axeman Phil the next play date will be Sunday the 25th of March and this is right before you guys go to set your clocks ahead right yes it's well it's it's the night after we go ahead no, it's, oh, isn't you go ahead. That's right. Uh, at 1 a.m. on Sunday. Correct. Okay, so you will be caught up with us then on Sunday we afternoon. Think. <laughs> okay, so it'll be 6 p.m. UK time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time again, and it'll be Assassin's Creed Revelation on the Xbox 360. Um, other shout outs. Thumble. Uh, we will do the Halo Reach playdate soon. Uh, Dave150771 is the one who wanted the Assassin's Creed playdate, so hopefully other people will also show up. I, Pete, um, yeah, he said he really enjoys the latest show, never get tired of us. Thank you. We get tired of ourselves, but it's And also, we like need it. to do um, Burnout Paradise on the PS3 because that's been out a yeah. few times. Oh, wait, on PS3? Yeah, that's why everyone's got it on. Well, that's what you've got. No, no, no. It, the, the thread started off that we should do Burnout Paradise, and then all the PS3 players went, look at, yeah, let's yeah, do that. And then they went, no, actually, I've only got it on Xbox, but nearly everyone in the thread had it on PS3. So Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, John Mouse said he likes the Deviant Podcast. Thank you to everybody who's listening to my other podcast, the Deviant Syncast. I really appreciate getting feedback on it. You know what's really weird? I've had no feedback from anyone other than my video game friends. My friends from college, teacher friends, people I know on Facebook, nothing. I haven't heard a single word from any of them. And maybe they're just too busy. Maybe they don't really like it and they don't want to tell me they don't like it, even though I can handle it if people don't like it. What? Maybe they don't know what's up. But I keep posting it to Facebook. They should know what's up. Well, whatever. But you've got to remember, um, we're, we're a loyal bunch. You know, we support each other. And stuff. And I, I, just, I just love the fact that, you know, I have a lot of discussions with people through the video game communities, G4TE, you know, VG hub and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just love hearing from people and, you know, having this sort of interaction and stuff. So yeah, cheers to everybody who did that. Uh, let's see who else. Oh yeah. We have a new member on the site, just another writer. And that's Jason Gulliher. So he's not totally new to the community, uh, but I wondered who that site. was. Welcome. Cause he, he's posted up quite a few time comments on the main page. And I didn't realize that was him. That's him. Uh, you see, that's it's interesting when people have different, you know, names for different stuff. That's right. And my last shout out is to the VG Hub. If you uh, like the podcast, there is another site you should check out, which is called VGHub.net. And on there, you find a bunch of links to other video game podcasts, 
similar in vein to ours, but different in the way they're uh, delivered. Some have all kinds of sound effects. Are for old people. Some talk yeah. about RPGs. Come on, yeah. Some might say that. No, no one says that. Then, of course, you have links to, you know, great forums. You don't have any other friends. So, check it out. VGHub.net it is a great starting point for your podcast discovery. And that's me done. Excellent. What What's the uh, qualifications for getting on VGHub.net? Send me an email and have a website. <laughs> Send me an email, have a website. Now, yeah, it's a community website. If it's just one person posting stuff, that I don't think that. I mean, it's meant to be a community of communities. So if it's just one person, that that's not enough. It needs to be like a community. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, but you know, you do need to sort out some wheat from the chaff in there because I'm I'm sure some of those websites don't even exist anymore. <laughs> to- well, that may be. I haven't you never clear them out. You know, when someone, someone stops doing stuff, you just leave it. Though. How about this? Why well, not time to be monitoring who does exist. what? If you do something that's no longer active, send me an email and I'll take it down. Oh. Okay, then. Just say, well, Airborne, Airborne Gamer are still active because they posted up a thing on the okay. 19th of March 2012. So they're safe. this. Do you want more of the Duke? Both my albums are for sale here. <laughs> Can I just say, have you looked through uh, Jason's like introduction on the site what he's put on there <laughs> brilliant does he involve two no he doesn't but he's put how did you learn about the veteran gamers and he did a search on iTunes for military veteran information <laughs> what <laughs> I think that's brilliant and our show oh. came up <laughs> you get you get what you pay for that's all uh, and I'm I guess we we can quickly cover this off before the end of the show and uh, you know you, what do you want to, to hear us talk about for three minutes um, this isn't interesting. It's not even video game related, but... Uh, well, is this timer? You gotta give me a minute. Okay, it's only three minutes. Yeah, all right. And, he, and his question was this. What, is it, what it is like where they grew up and what it was like growing up in that environment? So there you go. So, Jude, what was it like where you grew up and what was it like growing up in that environment? I grew up in a very, well... A fairly well-to-do suburb of Gainesville, Florida. Now, the whole town is mostly suburb. I mean, it's a college town, so it's not like you have a real urban environment. Um, but it was this quiet little neighborhood. Uh, it didn't even have a name. It was just this sort of street. Um, and it was I was pretty well-protected. Like, my mom didn't let me ride my bike very far. Oh, we know, we know about your bike, obviously. Yeah. We know the bike oh. story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, I want mean, a hitchhiker's a- mom. I want a bike. <laughs> No, I didn't want to bike. You don't know the story, man. He walked in hitchhikers going to the galaxy. He didn't want the bike, but he got the bike anyway. I didn't care about it. Whatever. Moving on. (laughs) Answer the question at hand. Uh, It was great. I had a really, really good childhood. Now, I think I was probably overprotected and probably spoiled a bit. So, you know, those were negatives. But whatever. I was always very happy. And I mean, I was teased a lot as a kid, but that was nothing to do with my upbringing. It was just, I, you know, some of the kids at school were jerks, but that's true everywhere, isn't it? You don't, you don't think this guy's a psychiatrist or something, do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very interesting. Tell me more yeah. about your mother. Yeah. Uh, what, so, Ginny, like you want to hear me? Um, I grew up in a very small village that had a population of about 300 people in the middle of Did Canada. You really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, that was absolutely true. I didn't go to a major city until I was about 10 years old. Really? Yeah, no, that's also true. We have very different upbringings. I know. Um, <laughs> I spent most of my childhood uh, fishing and hunting and going out. Dogs, we have very different upbringings. Hunting rats. I mean, we spend every... Well, I did spend a lot on hunting, but it was usually for uh, 
Cork. <laughs> no. No, mine, mine was very sort of, you know, I spent many a summer holiday. I was never in the house. We used to set off fishing at five o'clock in the morning and sit on the canal all day with our rods and stuff. And Well, yeah, we used to go fishing in the canal. It used to be condom fishing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And so there you go. That was sort of mine. Although, you know, I went, I went to towns and stuff, but didn't really go to anywhere like Manchester still. I was sort of quite old, really. Well, not old, but, you know, tenish. You know, I mean, you know, I went to places like Preston and, you know, Chorley. You know, which will mean nothing to anybody outside of the, uh, you, you know, the UK. Um, but yeah, you know, and that, and that was sort of my childhood. Was sort of living in this little village, a little school that only had about, you know, fifteen people in my class. And oh my god, yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. That's amazing. Yeah. That that's amazing. To me. <laughs> Is it? Why? <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> it, was, it was cool, you know. I, uh, it was cool living in a village, tiny village. There you go. Lots of countryside and stuff. So there you go. <laughs> Ginny, where did, where did you grow up? What was yours like? Wait, five seconds. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I grew up in a very... This session can serve no purpose anymore. <laughs> there you go. I just condensed it into a little... So kind of just, just out of interest, did you... Are you not going to actually tell us? Yeah, have you actually... Just, I, if you slow down that noise, you'll hear the whole story. Come on. <laughs> What? <laughs> Have you lived in Wolverhampton all your life? Yeah, well, like the thing is, right, I live in uh, the, the West Midlands, right, and the West Midlands is a very dense area of towns and cities, so I live pretty much, uh, I live closer to Wolverhampton, which is uh, not not a huge city, uh, but it is a city, where it's the Millennium City, and I live by Birmingham, which is the second biggest city in England. And so I'm in between two big cities, and then I'm by a, te- to a couple of towns, and so I'm very. There's a lot of inner city areas around me. Uh, where I live isn't that bad. Well, and then yeah, it's you know I just like large schools, big classrooms. Uh, a lot, a lot of people at my school wasn't very expected much of them. Uh, there wasn't a lot to do, so kids found things to do, like you know. Smash car windows and things like that. Uh, yeah, I've got a question. I've got a question, a bit like my city question, I guess. But when when was the first time you went to a beach? Uh, probably when I was like five or six, because like my auntie Norma and my mom used to like take me and my brother to like trips like real and Aberystwyth and stuff like that. So. Oh, that's kind of cool because of um, my sister in law's a teacher in Leicester. And she said a lot of the kids in her class, some of them have never been to a beach, you know. Yeah, that's that's pretty common around here. Like, there's, there are some people around here that, that don't, don't go to beaches until like they're like, you know, thirteen, fourteen or something. But uh, you know, we went on the, like day trips and stuff to real and things like that. So yeah, so you were lucky because yeah. you had someone who lived near a beach. Yeah, well, just you know, like one of those day trips that old people go on. Yeah, my auntie always always used to like drag the family somewhere like that. And I loved her for it. Oh, we used to do that to Blackpool once a year. There you go. Yeah, yeah. My mum and dad used to take me to Blackpool then again. For, uh, yeah. Anyway, that is that is the end of the show. So on that note, we need to get the hell out. Listen, us know it's a little bit better now. Yeah. Wait. Bye-bye. What? You what? said there's an iTunes review. Oh, there is. God, you <gasps> all about that. Yes, I found a... Here's us reminiscing yeah. about where we brought Bit of an obscure one. If there weren't an iTunes review, I would still play this new song I made for a jingle. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, you want them I- I- iTunes reviews? 
<laughs> do you know what? People have got to do them now just so we can play that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too awesome. You should play work. that at the start of the show and people listen. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, yeah, so we got one fresh from, Canada. from Canada, that was. Right. I don't Canada. have a jingle for Canada. America's hat. <laughs> America's hat. <laughs> That's not really a jingle. But whatever. Yeah, this one comes to us from Matthew Harkis. And it was uh, posted on the 16th of February, so we're, we're cutting edge here. It only takes about a month. <laughs> well, I, I do check Canada occasionally, but we've never, not had one in there for a long time. And to be fair, Canada, I've checked their clocks, and they're all about a month <laughs> It is true. I moved here from Canada, and they think I'm slow. Eh? not be listening anymore. <laughs> there's, a, there's an episode of uh, Family Guy where they go to visit Santa, right? and they go through Canada, and, uh, and they're just like... There's this Canadian guy who says, "Hey, you want to borrow my ski, eh?" And like, and they say, "Oh, do you want to? You, you let me borrow it for no reason." He says, "Oh, that's what Canadians are all about." Uh, and like, basically saying that like, Canadian people are just so nice. And he says, yeah. "Oh, can I have your left arm as well?" And like, the next scene you see, he's got his left arm cut off. <laughs> so. Pretty good. Um, I like when they go to into Canada and. Uh, they're giving the Simpsons drugs because, you know, they have the universal health care. And so they're taking them back and goes, if there's anything you want in the U.S., just let us know. And he goes, oh, well, you know, someday I might like to come down and see a mentally retarded man get put to death in the electric chair. I've always wanted to see that. And then Homer's like, oh, we do that every month in America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is from Matthew Harkis, uh, and he says, Good podcast. you got to listen. It's awesome. <laughs> Woo! You're one of the best podcasts on iTunes. They're funny and good game stuff on. It is awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. You can't beat that. I apples. love, I would I love that. Canadians. That's right. <laughs> oh, so fantastic. So thank yeah, you true. very Can- much. Canadian people are very nice. They are very nice. As Dave Barry says, it's cold and clean, and they have good beer. I've never been there, so I don't know. But yeah, yeah, you know that far from Canada, yeah, right? People you don't you know, to, in a place you've never been, and Bart's like, yeah, that's what people do in Russia. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, you don't fall from Canada, are you? I'm not. It would be like three hours drive to get to Canada. That's far. Three hours. Yeah. Drive. Um, but people should give iTunes reviews in the U.S. and in the U.K. Because I'm getting mad by the lack of U.S. reviews. Don't let me break my foot off in your ass! Yeah. I think if we read them out at the start of the show, it might remind people. So maybe yeah. we should do that next time. Oh, by the time they get down, they're all tired. Oh, I don't have the energy to go put an iTunes review up. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for that. And we do need to get a hell out of you. So yes, do the outro. Do it now. Do it. Do it. We have an outro? Do it. Do it. Do it. Play the fucking outro. I'm playing it. Don't you I hear it? Cry, yeah, can you hear it? Hello? 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 Don't do something. Why don't you play a clip of Hannibal Burst talking about the movie up? To an argument. With people at work talking about the movie Up. <laughs> and I enjoyed Up, but they were like, did you cry when you saw Up? And I was like, no, I didn't cry. And they were like, why not? Because like, I'm a grown man and that's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I don't cry when I see cartoons. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you're a robot, Hannibal. They call me a robot. You're a robot. You didn't cry doing the montage where they showed how his wife was alive and then she died. You didn't cry doing that. Like, no, I didn't cry doing that because I know real people that have died. <laughs> <laughs> like human beings that were alive and they're not alive anymore. I'm not crying over this dude's plight. His hands are the same size as his body. <laughs> in common with him. It's not enough that I suspended disbelief when his house was lifted out of the ground. Hundreds of balloons and they didn't account for plumbing or anything. I'm not crying over this. It was a wonderful movie, but I'm not crying. <laughs> that is brilliant. Now you're still recording, right? Because we got to do the cowbell thing. The cowbell thing? <laughs> no, oh, right, just so- before you do that. No, no, just before you do that. There is... <laughs> I was reminded of something this week, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. What do we have looking after show thing? I don't what know. This, but I'm, does this happen? I don't know. It's it's just it. now. We're stuck we don't do anything. We're we listening for the first time. For a bit. We just kind of talk. But all we do, we just, we just do, we talk, and then we say it's the end of the show, and then we try <laughs> to speak for sword. Whatever. But anyway, no, Chitty, I was reminded this week that we challenge you to do your version of the Why Don't You theme tune playing it on guitar, and you've never done it. You know why? Because I was hoping that you'd forget. Well, we haven't, or I had, but now I'm reminded. Let me broker a peace agreement here. I'll be Clinton to your Arafat and Sharon, okay? Chinny, if you do the why don't you on your guitar and singing, Stu will sing 30 seconds of the song from Journey. Okay, that's a deal. Chinny? Uh... I'll do it. Oh, come on, Chinny. You know you want to hear him singing it. I do, but I don't want to sing myself. <laughs> well, we'll come back to this. Does, anyway, it, does it have to be live or recorded? No, no, you can record it. Oh, and it'll become on. our new outro. Yes. How about that? He's going to do it, people, next week. We're going to have no, all... Don't make it the new outro. If he's, if he's funny, we'll do it. No, just make it... Don't make it the new outro. Right. Depends how good it is. No, just make it, play it, it once. Because, Stu, we don't want to play your 30 seconds. You don't want to hear your 30 seconds of Journey singing every week, do you? No. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it live. Oh, yeah. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fuck it. All right. So, Blue stop. Easter called. We can stop recording. Yeah. Um, Saturday Night Live did a sketch where they had... Um, Will Ferrell playing a guy in Blue Oyster Cult who was sort of a guest star on this Don't Fear the Reaper song and there's this legendary producer working with them. That's pretty much all the intro you need and they start doing the song Don't Fear the Reaper and Will Ferrell is really walloping this cowbell. So anyway, they do it over and over again, and Will Ferrell just gets more and more obnoxious with the cowbell, jumping all over the room, and, and the producer keeps coming back. I need more cowbell! I gotta have more cowbell! It's a funny sketch. Uh, whatever. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah.
Saturday Night Live jokes don't really carry over very well in the UK. Well, do they? it's a lot of stuff you have to see. Instead it's of visual. Hearing. It's visual. And it's, it, I mean, to be fair, but Design Night Live, I like Design Night Live, but they tend to do one joke and then just do it over and over and over. Huh. Yeah. Well, it must be hard. Do they do, do they do it every week? Yeah, is they it, do it, is it every week, which is tough, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, Conehead Family Feud. That was, the, I think, the, maybe their best sketch ever. That was awesome. <sighs> anyway, Conehead's the, the one that's on the film as well. Yeah, it, the film wasn't very good, but they did some sketches that were really good. And when they went on Family Feud, I think it was the best. Name a mode of transportation: the foam shoe. What would you eat with eggs? Fiberglass. That sort of thing. Brilliant. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're really done. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.